Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. This is John Burke. With me this week, uh, live and in the flesh, is Michael Sanchez. Hello, chums. And Corey Starr. Who is not live and in the flesh. Hello. Yep. She's just digital. She's she's a digital girl. Dreaming in digital. Sorry. Um, she is still where she lives and not where she should be, which is in Florida. But <laughs> it, uh, That's right. At the same time, it might be cooler where you are because it was around 95 today. 100. For a little bit. Oh, seemed. did it hit 100? Oh, man. Um, the car ther- thermostat read 100. And Holy heck, man. Worse. Yeah. I sat Woo! in the car. It was, it was very brutal. We we drove around a bit today, and it just did not seem like the car could cool down. Um, but I don't know. How, how's the weather up in uh, Idaho, Corey? Um, it is weird. Idaho oh. is on drugs. It has been being really nice, but then in the span of all this nice weather... You have to close your windows and crank your air up because then it's like getting in the 90s here also, oh. but only for a couple days, and then it cools down again. Yeah, I mean, it rained the other day, and it was kind of nice, but then like last night at, at our graduation, it was super hot, and today it's been excruciatingly hot, so um, definitely not not the ideal weather, I guess, unless you really like hot weather, but I don't. And then you're wrong. Yep. Speaking of hot weather, um, the movie Baywatch is burning up the... No, it's not. It's doing pretty bad from what I've heard. It's Um, crashing and burning. I did see Baywatch uh, the other night, and I agree with the critics. Um, Not not a big fan of the movie. I I want it to be. uh, But I got to say, the biggest flaw is their marketing, because I I think they showed every funny scene in the trailer, which Mm. is not uncommon for uh, comedies, but... Like, legitimately, I've seen this trailer dozens of times because I go to the movies almost every week. And so since the trailers uh, began to show at the theater, I've seen it every time. And for me, watching the movie was like, okay, I've seen this scene. I've seen this scene. I've seen this scene. Wow, did they they left nothing? They Even the third act is in the trailer? Well, no wonder I don't like it. Um, I've seen it all. But um, the reason I bring up Baywatch, though, is because our topic today on Top 5 Movies is our favorite movies from the 90s, which is when Baywatch ruled the airwaves. From 1989 to 2001, Baywatch was on TV. Um, it was so popular at for some reason or another that even on Friends, we have Joey and Chandler as their it's their favorite show. They watch it. They have a timer set for it. Now, mainly they like the girls running in slow motion, which is probably why the show was popular. But... Um, Corey and I, I, I call myself a 90s kid, even though I wasn't born in the 90s, I was born in, in 1982, but the 90s was my time. That's when I felt that, like, this is my fondest memories, and so this top five was really hard for me because I have so many movies that came out of the 90s that I love, um, it, it required me to make a lot of choices, so, um, what about, how did you feel about that, Corey? Because I know you actually like a lot of stuff from the 80s where I tend to dislike um 80s not the movie so much but a lot of like 80s music and stuff is not my cup of tea i am a grunge person is where music really clicked for me Mm, i'm a big fan of the 80s and the 90s but um even now one of my favorite stations is sirius xm's lithium Mm. and 
I still really love 90s music and a lot of bands that I still listen to now and keep up with like their music releases are still bands that I started listening to in the 90s or that were popular in the 90s and I I I just love that whole decade. Yeah. So, agreed. Hmm. And Mike, uh you were you were breathing into that microphone, but um you, <laughs> you yes. are uh a fan of 90s content, I assume. Uh, mm, I don't know. Overall, the whole decade. I mean, there's some stuff that happened that was okay. Oh, I'm not. I think I was born too late, and I don't think too early. There's a, a non-believer <laughs> in late. the crowd. That's right, blasphemer. <laughs> but um, I'm mean, a decade's a long time to narrow it down, and then the '90s had from the beginning to the end so much come out. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I added another little thing. Uh, oh I'm, I'm not even quite sure how to say. It. I just kind of narrowed it down because I wanted to avoid the ones that you know how I do. So yeah, you know, just kind of. I I approach my list. Um, what like I don't know. I I actually started like organizing my my picks before I narrowed it down to five. Like I had like these are all movies about music. These are comedies. These are movies here, and so like I tried to pick from the different groups, um, and I did like leave off one movie that I generally um, rep. Like it's a movie that I talk a lot about, and that's kind of why I left it off. Um, but I still like I didn't make that a criteria to not include on my list, like movies that I've talked about before. But I, I was trying to in, to bring up some movies that I really love um, from this decade uh, that maybe aren't necessarily my overall favorites, but they are movies that I really love from the nineties. Um, and maybe I wouldn't talk about in other lists, but it it really seemed to fit here, uh, fairly well. Maybe you're ashamed of them from last week. Uh, no, uh, I can, cons- oh. I considered though, uh, Hudson Hawk being on this list, but <laughs> I opted to, I was like, nah, I've, I've done that to myself enough. Um, let's let that one go for a bit. But, um, in fact, I'm still, I'm looking at my top five and there's one that I'm like, you know what, if it wouldn't hurt if I left it off, and put something else on the list. So I might be making a change mid mid flow here. Um, it'll be hard to decide. Uh, but Corey, how did you approach uh, your top five? I did try to um, leave off movies that I've talked about. Um, kind of, uh, I don't want to say often, but I guess often because I feel like I tend to do that a lot. <laughs> Talk about the same movies a lot, but, um, yeah. Okay. Um that's I'm I'm still like I'm torn about one and so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and uh making a change that I'm kind of I'm torn, like I, I don't want to make the change necessarily, but I do and it's very it's very complex. Do I'm, it follow your heart. Um, do it. I shall. Um but alright, so uh man, we forgot to discuss the order. So <laughs> we always do that. I feel like I went first two weeks ago. Wasn't and I last went week? first last week. Oh, okay. You went first last week? Mike, did you go first the week before then? I went first for the draft. The draft. Oh, okay. Then then I must have went the week after, then Corey. So it's your turn to go first, mm, I think. That's right. Okay. Because um, my pick did so poorly. Of, before we get into I do want to bring the draft back up. If you haven't been listening, if this is your first episode listening to Top 5 Movies, for the summer movies... Um, we did an episode a few weeks back uh, that's titled The Summer Movie Draft. And the three of us drafted a team of movies, so five movies each. 
because we do top five. And um, right now, Mike is crushing us. Uh, none of my movies have come out yet, though. I want to point that out. So I have zero points. Um, Mike has Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and he had Alien Covenant, which did really well its first week, but had, a, am pretty sure, a severe drop the second week. Um, and now he has Baywatch, which is not doing very well. And Corey has uh, Arth- um, <laughs> King Arthur, <laughs> Legend of the Sword, which did unfortunately horrible. I think the movie got a bad rep. It's better than it's getting credit. It's still not perfect by any means, but... I think it's better than the the reputation that has been given. And then she has Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales, which I have not seen any numbers. Um, its Metacritic score is awful. So it's even <laughs> unless it does really, really well in the box office, you're not going to get a lot of points for it. But um, both Baywatch and Pirates are under 40 now on Metacritic. Um, but uh, and if, if you listen to that episode, our point system is the bo- total box office all across the globe. Which is where Pirates has a strong chance, though, Corey. Mm-hmm. Pirates might do well overseas. Um, times a percentage-based Metacritic. So we just take the Metacritic score and turn it into a percent, and that's how many points we get divided by a million to just knock off some of those zeros. So like Mike's at, I think he had 500-and-something points last Monday. Yeah. Um, and Corey had, like, 50 or something? 12. 12? 12. He had 12 points? Man, King No, Arthur. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I probably had more, but I I'm think just it's 13, sad. 13. It was closer to like in the 50s. And then again, I'm sitting at zero. But I have Wonder Woman coming out this weekend. Um, so, mm-hmm. And then the following weekend, I think, is Cars. Or the two weeks is Cars. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I've got some stuff coming out. And Despicable Me 3, I also... Um, I was at, when I was at Pirates, uh, the amount of people I heard laughing at the Despicable Me 3 trailer, which is like the hmm. sixth version of the trailer I have seen, wow. I think. They, they keep... Cause I, so you've basically seen the whole film. I think so. Because the, the initial trailer was only focused on Trey Parker's bad guy character. And Gru still being the good guy. Yeah, Trey Parker from South Park is in this um, Despicable Me 3. Stunt casting. And then and then the next trailer I see, they don't even talk about Trey Parker's character. And they focus on Gru's brother because he has a twin, he finds out. So it's just Steve Carell playing a separate version <laughs> of himself. Um, and then they... Because in the second movie, he becomes a good... I don't know why I'm giving so much... It, they've, they've shown basically the whole story. I don't know what's left to see. Um, in this new trailer, they, they focus more on the minions, though. And mm. apparently they end up in jail and they're getting like prison tats and it, it was, it, it's funny ish. It's like, it's that, Oh my God, why am I laughing at this? I can't stop laughing at this. Oh, well. Um, so, all right, we're getting into our top five. If you've never listened to this podcast before, um, we pick our topic as again, this week is, uh, our favorite movies from the nineties and we each make our list in secret. And this is us revealing it to each other. Um, sometimes we give each other crap. And sometimes we uh, are like, oh, my God, what were we thinking? How did we not include that on our list? Um, which I think happened last week or the week before. Um, I, I threw one out that Mike had completely forgotten. I don't remember what it was now. Hmm. But you were like, oh, what was I thinking? That's a great movie. Um, hmm. But uh, and then that's our episode. Um, and before we get into our movies, uh, Corey. Spoiler warning. Um, so these movies are older. Um, but if you haven't watched them yet and you don't want us to spoil them for you, you can go to BerkReviews.com and check out our list ahead of time or full steam ahead. Yep, that just means be, be blah, 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 that's all, folks. Be careful Words. <laughs> uh, not to um, listen ahead if you don't want any potential spoilers. Now, there is always a chance we won't spoil. Um, we are just listing our favorite movies, but sometimes when we talk about them, we, we really have to get in there deep to explain our passion for it. And so sometimes the ending gets discussed. Um, and yeah, that's our, our format here. Uh, Mike will go first. I will go second. And then Corey will 
uh, follow up with the third, and then we go through our from five to one. Uh, Mike, what is your number five movie from the nineties? Are we playing any odds this time? Oh well, yes, we must. How many movies have Corey and I seen that will be on Mike's list? Now, nineties movies, I feel fairly confident, but <laughs> it could be that you went super obscure, and so um, I'm going with two. Corey went two that I've seen. I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna go four because <laughs> there was I saw three of yours last <laughs> week, so I I want. See, see, I'm going to fill you with a false sense of confidence. <laughs> oh, it's all been leading to this. Yeah, see, I'm, that's hustling, how I, I'm hey, hustling you. That's how I lived in the 90s, with a false sense of confidence. Um, oh, no. I didn't have that in Rock the in my bowl cut. Um, I had so. no confidence as a teenager, so... <laughs> I was like, I was like Chancellor Valorum. I got voted no confidence. Oh. Ouch. All right, Mike. So it's me. It's you. Uh, and again, I'm thinking I know four. I've seen seen four of your movies. All right. Well, I'm sorry to. I'm a, I'm not trying to crush you, but or at least your hopes and dreams. But I'm going with. Um, well, okay. This one is radi- rated 88% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.9 IMDb rating, and 84 Metascore. And it's from 1993 called Naked, directed by Mike Lee. And I feel it's pretty much. A largely unknown film and I remember I distinctly remember my roommate at the time Brian and I'll have to tag him on Facebook because I know he was the one that introduced this to me and we had a very similar uh, taste very similar taste in a lot of different things and this one was one that he uh, I had it never hit my radar but um, long before David Thewlis took on a much more family-friendly and accessible role as Professor Lupin and Harry Potter, he played, and I would just call him a misanthrope, uh, Johnny. And I feel that's pretty generous on uh, because he, I think he's far more than just that. But right from the get-go, Johnny pretty much assaults a married woman, which kind of, yeah, this is not, yeah, and right away it's going to tell you that this is not a family-friendly film. Which leads to, um, it's the impetus for his escape from Manchester to London. And then throughout the way, he pretty much revels in being the antagonist. Well, I mean, he antagonizes everyone. Anyone and everyone he can meet and encounters. I mean, honestly, he's probably like the least likable character you'll probably watch on a screen. But something about him, uh, just, it's like you can't look away. This is that train wreck kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. You just can't look away. And um, uh, you wonder what's going to happen next. And it's very, I mean, it is not an action-packed film. It is very, uh, you know, the human exchange between a lot of dialogue and different things. I mean, there's definitely some, there's a scene where uh, he's being accused of being bored. And I think, I feel it's so applicable now because we, it's something we might really commonly see in millennials today. We basically, uh, the gist of it is that there's so much available whether it's information or things that have been provided to us that, you know, we've become complacent. Oh, you're given this, and so you're bored. Well, he is contrary. He's a contrarian as well, I I feel, and he kind of goes against that. Mm. He's like, "Uh, no, I'm not. not, I'm unlike you very much, and that definitely appealed to me because I've always felt definitely that way (laughs) for a long while. Um, So... Again, it's not a a family f- film in any way. I mean, it's pretty graphic. Uh, it's 
one of those over overlooked films, and I, I thought I wanted. I I felt it needed to get. I something. was just looking at the cast and uh, Spud from Train Spotting. Mm-hmm, yep. What? Yeah. Way this this goes way back, and uh, Mike Lee didn't direct a whole lot of big ones. This is probably one of the bigger ones, and even it is pretty obscure. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, all right, and I so I'm I have four. I have to get four in a row. In order to be right with my guests for Mike. So, um, Corey, I take it you've not seen Naked either? <laughs> nope. All right. So we have nothing to add to that conversation, Mike. I'm never nude. I always... Oh, wait. Different. Uh, that's a nice Arrested Development um, poll. Okay. Um, actually, while we were uh, while you were talking about Naked, um, the movie, not being naked, and <laughs> I was looking at my list, and I, I remembered... Um, I didn't mention this. With these movies, I kind of... While these are my favorite from the 90s, I tried to also pick movies that... Um, remind me of the 90s you know that feel like my my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. in the 90s and so my first movie um and but with that i also pulled like personality elements i was really into sports in the 90s like i was in um into baseball but mainly basketball but i love i like both a lot so my number five pick is a sports film and it is a family film unlike mike's pick um and it is the sandlot from 1993 um this is a movie when i think of the 90s that it holds up still to this day in fact it wasn't too many years ago that i bought it on on dvd to show my daughter because i had my vhs copy lost long ago um but this is a movie that i grew up watching um i remember like watching it and then going to play baseball um in my friend's backyard and then going back in the house and watching it again it was a movie that i loved i still love it and anytime anytime anybody says the word forever I have to do the, the line from the movie yeah i have to be like forever Four. And it's embedded in my head. Even if someone says, like, we're going to have s'mores. I'm like, s'mores what? I haven't had anything yet, so how can I have s'more? Like, I, there's this movie is something I still quote all the time. And, of course, not everybody always gets the reference, but it's a film. When I think of the 90s, even though it's not, it's not a movie set in the 90s, but for me, it was a big part of my 90s. It was something that I, I, you know, I really loved and cherished. And, again, um, it really represented part of my, my life. In fact, I had a best friend named Perry, um, that's whose house I would play baseball in. We were like really, really into sports, and so it was either basketball or baseball that we were playing like all the time, and never like really for teams. We just played. You know, we played at our house. We played for uh, for fun. We played. You know, we have friends come over or whatever. But we never were really like official with anything. But um, the Sandlot is such a great film. It, it's easy for me to pull this and and feel comfortable saying it's one of my favorites from the '90s. Um, in case you've never seen it. It is uh, a new kid um, moves to a town, and he has no friends, and uh, he discovers a group of guys, uh, Scotty, or Scott Smalls, they call him Smalls, um, a group of guys who uh, play baseball every day in this, like, back lot um, baseball diamond, and they gradually bring him in, they teach him how to play. Uh, It's got Dennis Leary as as Smalls' stepdad, and that's, he's not in the movie a lot, but I do like him in the movie. He's not angry for a change um like he's not yelling at anybody you know he's always kind of like he's a little frustrated but he's never like rude or or shouting um you know you've got a great cast um of not necessarily like you know most of these kids didn't do anything big afterwards um you know you had uh hamilton ham porter who was the catcher the big the chubby kid um he's in a couple of movies after this um but nothing like major um uh, james earl jones though is is in it and that's great um 
yeah, it's, it's got some really memorable scenes. You know, there's a lot of baseball, a lot of camaraderie, um, and things go real wrong when um, they needed a, a ball, and Smalls takes his stepdad, Dennis Leary's, uh, autographed Babe Ruth baseball, not knowing who Babe Ruth is, and he hits a home run, and it goes into the uh, dreaded backyard of, uh, well, James Earl Jones' character. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Mr. Myrtle. Um, where there's a beast, a giant dog, um, <laughs> who stops them from going. So then it, the movie becomes, you know, an adventure in a way. They have to figure out how to get the ball back so Smalls isn't murdered by his stepdad for, you know, hitting a Babe Ruth baseball into the backyard. So great story, lots of fun, and it, it holds up today. Again, my daughter loved it. I, I have students um, in my film class. This is always one of the movies that gets where, if I bring it up, most of the class has seen it. Um, and so, you know, when I think back to the 90s, this is definitely a film that, that stands out. I love that movie so much, and um, I remember seeing it in a small one-screen theater when we were on a family road trip in Missouri, mm. and um, I love it so much, and I love Yeah, Yeah. He was always yep. my favorite, but I loved Squint. Isn't that his name? Yeah, Squint's Paladoris <laughs> or something like that. And Wendy, Wendy Peppercorn. Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> I love it so much, and like that whole scheme where he tries to get her to kiss him. Oh yeah, so great. That's it's such an iconic <laughs> moment too. Oh my god, the woman that or she was a girl at the time that played uh, Wendy Peppercorn is in Planet Terror, the what? Robert Rodriguez Grindhouse movie. Yeah, she and she's in Sin City apparently. I, I guess Robert Rodriguez was a fan of Sandlot. Maybe I don't know. He didn't direct Sandlot, right? Okay, no, I would have been no. like, <laughs> he well, he directed the Spy Kids movies. Did you see that? <laughs> like, yeah, but no. Yeah, I, I, I exactly. I didn't know that for a long time because, like, who would think Robert Rodriguez, who does like you know Desperado, Machete, and then Planet Terror, would do the Spy Kid films? And I think he did Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Or am I wrong? Mm -hmm. But I think he yeah. wanted to make those for his kids, didn't Wait, he? Yes, but still, like when you're not, you know, that doesn't happen too often. Like, when's what's Scorsese's kid movie? Hugo, like, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm saying that's, okay. that's well, like <laughs> it's one movie. Like, and that movie well, he's got to have his one because you know kids will yeah, pick but, the same one Hugo over and over. Isn't for kids necessarily. That's gosh, it's that's about right. film. It's about film history. Like really, it's just got it's kid friendly for him, which is unusual. But Rodriguez, those movies are kids movies. Like what? What are you talking about? Mean Streets so kid friendly. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, it, those kids got to learn what it's like to live on the streets. Those kids got a responsibility. Um, <laughs> you don't just go out there for an hour and look for the dog and give up. All right, Corey. Um, oh, yeah. wait, actually, Mike, you haven't said anything the about reason That's why I've kind of derailed, because I haven't watched it. I've watched really? it. Really? I've said this, guys. I've said this. Oh, okay. I know the same. See, I'm glad you guys have short-term memory loss or long-term so memory loss. You it's, should just go with it. I've watched it as far as... Because you guys will forget next time I'm bored, we get up again, and yeah. it becomes a point of contention. And that's okay, as long as you're not holding ill will against me. But I watched it as far as... Uh, Trying to, he's trying to get Dennis Leary out to teach him to play ball, uh, catch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I've not gotten too much farther past. Not because I don't want to. It's uh, it the Goonies. What's it? What are the Goonies others? Is good, but this ten years apart. Goonies. Wait, did you say they're good enough? No, they're good. Oh, oh you made the joke. Um, <laughs> I I just watched that recently. But um, wait, has John's your son? Has he? Seen neither. It? Neither of these. Oh, oh no. Neither. Well, Goonies, I, I I don't know that it would appeal to it. Um, like it's it's an '80s movie. This is, not, I think, because this is a period piece, it holds up a little better with time because it was already being something that it wasn't. You know, it was set in the I think the '50s. Um, 
is the Sandlot maybe 60s? So it's already <laughs> aged when you saw it in the 90s. So watching it now, it still holds up because it's still a period piece. Yeah, it's timeless. Um, but Goonies very much, especially with Corey Feldman, right? Corey, is that the right one? Or is it Hyde? Feldman. Oh, I my think. God. What? Fel- which which one's in the Goonies? Which Corey? I don't know. Are they Feldman. both in it? It's Feldman? No. Okay. Isn't it it's Josh Brolin? Isn't it Thanos in it? Uh, Josh Brolin? Really? <laughs> That's the character you pulled for Josh Brolin? <laughs> <laughs> Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. It's the mo- it's current. Uh, it is. It's it timely. Is. Uh, but I, I'm like, no, I don't. To be fair, I don't know his name in No Country. See, that's because I don't know the name either. <laughs> why else? Why, why would but I? But I love at- that movie. All right, uh, Corey, let's get to your number five. What is uh, your first movie from the nineties? She's, she's stuck. Oh, on sorry, now. sorry, sorry. No, um, I was saying I am going to get so much crap for this. I know it from you, John. Oh. And I am Oof, prepared. Long, is it Scream? <laughs> Battle Ready. Nope. It is from 1996, though, which I think is the same year that Scream was released. <laughs> it's Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Actually, I with... like this movie. <laughs> I thought you hated this movie. I hate Claire Danes. Okay, see, I always mistook that as you <laughs> hated the whole movie. That's no. why he loves it, because okay. her character dies I... in the end. Spoilers. <laughs> I, oh my god I, I was uh, I was very young when this came out but I have always loved Leonardo DiCaprio I do love Claire Danes so much yeah. um, Me too. I remember my poor parents my going on like a wild hunt trying to find this movie for me oh I thought you were going to say that they were on a wild hunt for her <laughs> no. No, we're going no. to get Claire Danes <laughs> No. She's coming to dinner, Mom. Okay, my family's weird, but not that weird, guys. Um, arguably. Um, but I just remember they had the hardest time finding me this on VHS. Oh, wow. Um, and I just loved it so much. So, yeah, I had to include it on my list, and I should probably rewatch it. I think you need to do a plot summary of the movie so that everyone is familiar. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if But in case you've never <laughs> saw on. this Romeo plus Juliet, because it is a plus sign in this particular film. Um, I actually use this. I taught Romeo and Juliet ninth grade English the two years that I taught it. Um, ninth grade English, that is. And so I used this movie afterwards. And um, it was always interesting because some kids really hate it like because the visuals contrast with the, the dialogue so much because it's a modern-day viewing of the of the story. So instead of swords, they have guns that are called swords and daggers and things I like that. I my broadsword. Um, but... My favorite part of this movie by far, um, and where I feel like every other um, movie adaptation of Romeo and Juliet seems to fail, is Mercutio. Um, this in this oh, film is played by Harold so Perrineau. So mm-hmm. I've from never Lost. known how. Yeah, well, from Lost, from the Matrix sequels, mm-hmm. uh, we try not to talk about those, um, oh. and from Oz, which is actually where I encountered him yep. first. Um, yep. And uh, the Oz, the the TV, TV show series. on HBO, not like Oz the Great and Powerful with James Franco, but. Um, <laughs> I love his version of Mercutio so much in this film. Like he just brings so much personality to that character. And when he when he says a like, plague on both your houses, it, it mm-hmm. even though it goes a little big with the the echo, I love that delivery. Like his ever his two monologues are fantastic in this. He's it's, oh, he's so great in this movie. Um, I I feel every I mean John Leguizamo is Tybalt. Oh yeah, he's great that too. Is great. Just the way the look and it, I feel the visuals, but. I guess I could understand people not getting into it. I I it, I felt it worked so well 
And um, thinking about that that showdown at the grass at the gas station. I was about to bring that up. Um, Jamie it, Kennedy. Yeah. Um, which is like the only other time I've ever liked Jamie Kennedy. It's like Scream <laughs> and this movie, and then it's like, please go away, Jamie Kennedy. What? Uh, you didn't like uh, Malibu's Most Wanted? I couldn't it? even try to watch oh, Malibu's okay. Most Wanted. Okay. He's an acquired. He or Son of Mask. Nope. Uh, ooh, no, nope. nobody should try that. Um, but it it works so well, and it, I mean, uh, rest in peace, Pete Postlewaite as Father Lawrence, Paul mm. Sorvino, which I loved him as pa- Father Lawrence too. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah every, every, everyone. I worked. always forget Paul Rudd is yes, in this as movie. Paris. I was yeah. just about to bring that up because he's your dude. <laughs> yeah, he is. you're down with Paul. Paul. I mean Rudd. But let's not leave off Claire Danes. Corey, I do take issue. Some of with us this. don't I do. love her. I don't Look, care what you say. I have for a long time. In fact, I, Claire Danes made me realize how much I judge an actress but on their crying. ability to cry because her ability to cry is is laughable because it sounds like she is laughing. Her cry at the end of the movie when she finds out that Romeo has drank the poison is... <laughs> Maybe I'm not she's exaggerating. a nervous crier. No, well, see, I would believe that. I would even give her... Maybe she's too young in this movie so she hadn't learned, but that exact cry exactly a hundred percent almost as if they took it from this movie is in um oh man i just went completely blank on the name of the film what's the film with kieran culkin um uh something goes down um igby goes down igby goes down igby goes down she has the exact same cry in that movie and i was like oh my god oh my god i can't believe it um because she's she's not bad elsewhere sometimes Mm -hmm. she's a little little flat with her delivery i think but um her crying is just such an atrocity and I'm like, who cry? No one has ever cried. She sounds like Goofy laughing. Like oh, if, no. if we put them side by side, like, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> oh, gosh, Burke. They are like I never learned to cry. Yeah, I never knew my father. It, it is an atrocity to uh, to to crying on screen. But I haven't even mentioned Romeo DiCaprio. Uh, yeah. I think this was. When the movie came out in the 90s, I hated it because I was so biased against DiCaprio because he was the every girl boy, that I yeah. was trying to date was like, well, you're not DiCaprio. Routine bop and yeah. stuff. But um, those weren't the movie, girls you needed to date. He has some great scenes. And when he says, I defy you stars, even though I, he's a little he's he's tearing up a bit <laughs> much. I still like that line, um, that line read. I don't know. A lot of people hate it. I, I do enjoy it. Corey, I, I have no issue with this being on your top five. As, as, okay. as you were saying, I, I'm imagining my mind followed this rabbit trail and imagined Justin Bieber going, I defy you, stars, you. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, it's funny no. we mentioned Leonardo DiCaprio because I saw him accosted by a bear and, and jumping into a horse carcass today. And I was like... And then I had to leave. I couldn't fa- finish the last oh, no. 30 mon- oh. minutes of it. So have I you never record. seen it? Was no, I never have. Oh, it was man. just, yes. I know you guys had mentioned all, all the technical. Cinematography? Uh, yeah. Uh, and like. All natural how, lighting. How did they do that? All natural lighting. Yeah. Man. I mean. They, uh, uh, the cast and crew through hell is how they, they did that. They, they had to replace the cast like three times or something like that. Like, well, Tom it, Hardy is oh, such so a he lecherous. A, he's going to be a. Fantastic Venom if he's right. anywhere can, close to like we, Fitzgerald. The dudes, Domino Gleason was in everything that year. Yeah, Domino Gleason nailed it. Well, who was he in this? Yeah. He's, um, he's the commander of the... Oh, movie. yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. then even that, so that kid... Um, the the kid, one that played his son? Not not his son. Oh, no, the, the partner that the, the he partner tricked that, that he lied to? Yeah, that Hardy lied to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I can't, I never remember that kid's name, but he's in mm. We Are the Millers. He was supposed to be it. 
like or Pennywise in it, mm, like the original I, casting, mm. and then it got dropped, and then now it's a Scar Scarsgard. I think is is. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if that kid uh, is almost too young. I know, but the the initial artwork they had for the was kid really was good. really creepy, and I was like, man, he's got. Yeah. He'll get work. He'll yeah, get work because oh, every, everyone was so good. Revenant was great. Yeah. It, it's, um, at the same I, time, I watched it in the theater. I don't want to rewatch it. It was beautiful. It's it's tough. To it's watch. a tough watch, but it's it's definitely a good one watch. I did buy it though, even though I don't plan on anytime soon rewatching it. But um, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Go Romeo. Which, by the way, uh, I might be buying Logan here soon. Do you? Did you guys hear <gasps> that it's got a uh, Logan Noir, a black and white? Yes, yes, yes. Bill Skarsgård also. Sorry, ah. Peter. All right, Mike, we're going to your number five. Um, All righty then. What have you got? Wait, my number four. Your four? number four. I'll repeat my five I'll if you want it. because let's, it needs it's more so exposure. Fun. I want to hear about and, naked. You know, again. I feel so naked <laughs> not repeating it again. Uh, naked. Um, all right, so long before the Marvel Cinematic Universe set the gold standard for what we expect from a comic book film, Sam Raimi gave us 1990s Darkman. Oh, I've it, seen it. <laughs> no, oh, my goodness. Boasting an 83% fresh rating on Rotten Freaking Tomatoes. Freaking Liam Neeson. Yeah. He's, oh, I can't say that part from HBO. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I knew exactly what I mean. <laughs> A 6.4 IMDb rating and a fair... 65 Metascore. You know what? It is fresh. It's totally worth watching. It was over the top superhero story. Well, I don't know that it's necessarily a comic book property. It was like a comic book come to life. Uh, it definitely had, I feel, I feel lineage to it. Like it's almost like he couldn't get the rights to something. So he came up something uh, for, uh, and now it's an original by Sam Raimi and he mm -hmm. went with it. Uh, Liam Neeson, the aforementioned Liam Neeson plays Pe Peyton Westlake who becomes our eventual dark man, a scientist who's in the wrong place, wrong time, and almost gets himself killed for it. Well, actually, it's kind of because of his love interest, Julie, who what you hear through Julie a lot through the movie, uh, who was played by Frances McDormand. Which I didn't remember that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's a Coen brother regular, if oh you're yeah. not familiar. I know you know, but I'm like, <laughs> to our listeners, she's in Fargo, Burn After Reading, um, and she's in that new Three Billboards movie that looks I want to awesome. see that so bad. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, so dude, it's that Woody up. Harrelson. Her, it looks like a Coen's film, but it's not. Uh, okay, I'll have to dig that up. Um, so, because she kind of snooped around and too much uh, into things that maybe should, well, they were important to her. She needed to do the snooping, but that's what get almost, that's what sets into motion the things to, uh, that lead to Westlake's near demise. He's a scientist. He's been working on a synthetic skin, but he hasn't been able to cross a 90-minute threshold barrier uh, because what happens is the skin bubbles over and just disintegrates. He's been trying to work on that for burn victims, and uh, instead of drying skin drafts, he'd be able to have this skin. In any case, he hits onto an idea uh, as, an, as a result, as an accident, because of the... Um, the criminals that come in and they turn off a light and then he he crosses the 100 minutes threshold. So what ends up happening is the guys kill his assistant pretty horribly and an explosion ensues that flings Westlake into a nearby river. He's assumed to be dead and because he's so disfigured and you can't really tell, uh, you know, he's got in bandages, they just figure he's dead. So as he's getting treated, he part of what happens to him is kind of like the chemical bat vat that he's in, mm -hmm. kind of like the Joker, but different. Uh, he becomes pretty strong, and one of the medical procedures 
kind of basically the way they explain it is they cut off all the nerve endings. So he's basically impervi- impervious to pain. So as a result, he becomes, I guess, sort of an anti-hero. Well, he's kind of a he's hero. Definitely, he, well, he's more anti-hero because yeah. he doesn't adhere by any kind of rules. He's no, I mean, he's crazy. Vigilante, yeah. Yeah, he kind of has lost his mind, which, hey, he almost died. And he's basically lost his life. So, uh, you know, in a sense, he's been cast away, sort of. Um, so the villain, the heavy, is played by Larry Drake, who if you've ever watched L.A. Law, he played a special needs character, which this was a total 180 from that role. Um, this whole thing is outrageously fun. It's campy, I would say almost to an extreme, but it works. It's packed full of action. It's got that definite Raimi type of humor. Um in its time, Darkman was seriously underrated. I'd recommend avoiding the sequels. Yeah, really bad. Uh, yeah, they just crash and burn, just like the RoboCop sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 bonus is at one point you get to see Bruce Campbell because he's the man. Oh, right. well, it's Sam Raimi. Yes, you do. Yeah, they're BFFs. Yeah, yeah of course. So um, I... there, that's my number four pick. All right, I uh, go ahead. Not Corey. seen this movie, but I need to say no, something. Should. Larry Drake. Do you guys remember that movie from 1992 called Dr. Giggles? Yes, I do. Oh, I forgot <laughs> I loved about that it one. And it terrified me. I never <laughs> and I saw it, it. But it was a dentist, right? Yes. I yeah. So. Well, I think there was another one too with Corbin Birdson called The Dentist. So oh, interesting. Similar I themes, I think. I remember I that his dad was a dentist. I think that Oh, no, right. I guess he's a doctor. I remember it more because of WWE. Um, if you guys know the wrestler Kane, um, his <laughs> first persona on WWE was Dr. Isaac Yankum and, <laughs> and he was a vicious dentist who Jerry King Lawler brought in to feud with Bret Hart and uh, he later became Kane but I, I Dr. Giggles came out I, like I don't remember if Dr. Giggles maybe inspired that like wrestling persona because later Kane would do a, a horror movie called See No Evil that I've never seen but it's supposed to be pretty good if you like I like monster slasher type movies are you saying you've never seen See No Evil I see what you did there Ah, I, I, don't, I don't. What did I do? I <laughs> oh, I've never seen, seen it. Okay. See no evil. Yeah, I, I adhered to the, the the words. It said "see no evil." So I'm like, okay. Um, okay bad choice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so I I haven't seen Darkman in a long time, but I did watch it, and I do remember liking it. So that does count for me. Ha ha. Um, one down, th- three to go. Uh, all right. So my movie number four on my top five is a movie I didn't watch until a few years ago, actually. But it it. Reminds me of the 90s for another reason. Because this particular movie did a series of vignettes on an MTV Movie Awards that year. Um, in fact, all the vignettes for it were done through this framework of this film. And so I, I was very familiar with it. And I even remembered uh, a joke from it because of the commercial that kept playing. And it was um, nice pajamas. And the guy goes, these are OR scrubs. And the character responds, oh, are they? And... <laughs> This is Wes Anderson's Rushmore from 1998, um, which has become my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Um, And also uh, something that with these decade movie list I want to do is pick my favorite Bill Murray movie from the decade. And that was hard for this one because Groundhog Day easily could fall into this list. But I like this movie. I don't want to say I like it more because they're very different. But this is the movie um, that to me defines Anderson's style. Um, and I, I can for sure. Um, both are rewatchable. I love both, but this gave us Jason Schwartzman and that's why it, it edged out Groundhog Day because I love Jason Schwartzman. I don't love him. Actually, I think I do. I don't, I can't think of a single time. I don't love his character. He's always weird. 
Um, he's got the sensibility about him that's so great. But in Rushmore, he's perfect. There's so much about this movie that I absolutely love. It still has Wes Anderson's kind of creep factor because it's a high school kid who falls in love with his teacher. And then the, the lengths that he'll go to try to win her affection is disturbing. But um, he also, his best friend, essentially becomes Bill Murray's character, Herman Bloom. And um, the way he interacts with the cast and and uh, he's into he's into every extracurricular activity known to man. Um, and he does a lot of play. He writes a play. That's the kind of third act uh, premise of the film is him performing this play, trying to fix uh, some relationships that he's ruined. Um, and he's come to terms. I mean, the character change uh, for um, our lead character, Max Fisher, um, is huge. And so the the idea that he wrote this play and directs and it's basically it's like apocalypse now um in theater and uh for the mtv movie awards that year all of the like they always do like parodies uh satirical sketches of the films that are nominated but this time they did it through max fisher he wrote them and whatever and i remember that vividly so when i think 90s that was something prominent to me in the 90s um i think anderson's style in this movie kind of speaks volumes of the 90s um and it's it's just it's such a great film it's one i really really love i've watched it several times since the first time i've seen it and it is um i don't think it was the first wes anderson i think i actually think grand budapest hotel was the first wes anderson movie i watched um and then it, it that prompted me to go back and watch the others and i do love grand budapest um but rushmore definitely has stuck with me the most i love um you know life aquatica and i i really like the royal tenenbaums um i don't think i got i don't think i got darjeeling unlimited very well when i watched it my uh, limited not unlimited um when i watched it i want to rewatch it though um i'm not a big adrian brody fan and i think that was what kind of threw me off with darjeeling um and then i'm for uh, i like um bottle rocket and there's another one Oh, Moon Moonrise Kingdom! I didn't love because of the the it's teenage love story. Um, yeah, it it it's hard to watch, especially the the kissing scene when he puts his hand on the girl wearing the bra. It's just it's just too much um, for me to get past. Although that is a lot of people love Moonrise Kingdom, so it's you know I don't know, but um, Rushmore is my number four. That's a great pick. I'm more of a Bottle Rocket, and despite the creepiness, Moonrise Kingdom person, mm. um, but. But Rushmore, I, I debated it. I, I almost I didn't include it on either of my honorable mentions or top five because it was uh, even though it was more indie, I don't know that it got a huge release. It didn't. Um, it, it it was uh, big enough that MTV brought it in, right? But um, I, I I think I didn't mention, but the sarcasm. I am I am a sarcastic <laughs> person by nature, and both Schwartzman and Bill Murray in this movie have some amazing sarcasm. Um, and Murray has this dourness about him too. Like he's just so. Um, at some point in the film, he's just given up on life, and he's like smoking two cigarettes at the same time, and he looks, just looks so beaten. And but I, f- I think it fits. I mean, think well, oh, we've got great. we've got four, three and a half school days left, and the memes are strong, and you've seen yeah. the teachers be doing whatever at the last day of school, <laughs> you're, and all these things, and I'm like, I can't dance like that, but uh, inside I I might, and and yeah. I think. Because it's a private school, and I would imagine there's a whole different feeling. Because, I mean, those—it's mm, a different set of—I don't know—a uh, different set of problems that you would run into in a private school like that. And yeah, I totally could see him 
he he fit perfectly with that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, totally. I, I no question about it. Um, just it's a film that if you've missed, like I missed for a long time, I highly recommend going to and checking it out, especially if you've seen any of Anderson's other movies and enjoyed them. His style is definitely uh, defined here, and it's fantastic. So, Corey, I know you're a fan of Anderson. Is this one of your favorites? I have not seen this one. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Corey's yeah. striking out left and right tonight. Um, I know. Right? I which one are we? Because I haven't been keeping stri- uh, strikes in any of I, I like 22. Corey, I definitely wow. think, because um, I got you out. to buy Fantastic Mr. Fox, didn't I? Yes, and I, I loved it. And I, I like his other stuff, except for Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Because I, it's creepy. I say this is a must buy. Um, I know there's a criterion for it, too. So I, I would, Oh, there is. So I'd next say, time that they have their 50% yeah, off sale, I'll pick I'll bet it you up. she'll even be able to find a Steelbox. Oh, Steelbook. <gasps> Steelbook for <gasps> days. Steelbook, um, yeah, that too. Um, I was about to say one more thing, and now I think it is gone. So let's move on to Corey's number four. No, no, that's perfectly fine. I've said enough. Corey, what is your number four uh, movie from the 90s? Alicia, or Alicia, I don't know how she pronounces it, probably Alicia these days, but Alicia Silverstone, oh god, I can't talk today. Ah. No words. Oh my god. Anyways, she was everyone's darling in the 90s, so I had to go with 1995's Clueless. Oh, I thought you were going to say Batman and Robin, but... Oh man, she missed Um, an opportunity. (laughs) Alicia Silverstone, there we go. Um, And also, it has a baby Paul Rudd in it, which is great. Brittany infant? Murphy is great in this. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. she, he said he's an infant. <laughs> he is. I'm pretty sure he's a Scientologist. I think we need to talk about Uh-oh. this. Oh, he doesn't age. Um, oh. He doesn't age. Um, Jeremy Sisto, um, <laughs> Breckin Meyer, Stacey Dash. Um, just I love the whole cast. I think it's fun. Um, and. Written and directed by Amy Heckerling, which is so different from some of her other mm-hmm. films. But way, way different. What? Way different. Yeah. Um, and seriously, I feel like if I met any of these girls, I probably wouldn't like the. Oh, like them. That was a weird, weird way like to trail them. it off. Yeah, I, because I don't <laughs> want to say that because I don't want to just be like, I wouldn't like somebody. But I mean, they're like. They aren't dumb, but sometimes they portray themselves as dumb. Well, they have um, the, different... the valley girl mm-hmm. kind yes. of voice and inflection. And, um, like, money, money, money. Um, And I don't know. But I just love this movie, and I think that everything about it works so well. I love um, when they're coloring her hair, and I want to be a supermodel playing in the background. Just... Oh my gosh. I really Oops. wish, and I, I also love this movie. This is a movie that, as I think it would have been a guilty pleasure movie in the mm-hmm. 90s. Like, I don't think I would have admitted to mm-hmm. loving this while I was in high school or anything. Um, I did what my cousin, my cousin Kimberly, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure this is one of Kimmy's favorite movies. And we, I, I had a, a VCR in my room, so we would end up watching movies in my room, which uh, that's how I watched Scream so many times, too, because she loved Scream. And Clueless was one. And actually, I think Romeo and Juliet was also one of her favorites. Um, so, uh, Clueless was a movie that, going back to, though, years later, I was like, man, this this movie really is great. Um, and Well, I mean, think of the source material. It's coming from, what was it, Emma? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what it's Emma an, is. It's an updated, um, I'll look it up. Oh, wait, are we talking With like... With Gwen and Paltrow? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But which, that was the, the, the update. book. Got it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah. I, I get it. I thought it was like a comic book or something. Uh-huh. I don't know, Emma. 
Um, Liter- but, literature. But yeah, it, you mean in the... Um, actually, I don't know the story of Emma, apparently, because I don't know... Uh, kind of like she's the matchmaker and always in in other people's affairs, but got it. when it and comes to her own, her she's own kind life. of a disaster. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I have to say, though, as much as I enjoy this movie, I am a little disappointed that Wallace Shawn, they didn't like fit an inconceivable in there somewhere. You know, like like when she's like, um, it's my time of the month. If he had been like inconceivable, like I would have been like, <laughs> I, awesome. I love when she sets them up. Yeah. Oh, it's that's that's one of the best scenes for sure. Misguised. Yeah. The and you know, um, and we have uh, Brecken Meyer who uh, later would be in Road Trip, which I loved when it came out. I don't think it holds up as well um, as some of the other movies, but um, and, and I, I think did we overlook Donald Faison? We did not mention Donald Faison, oh, but yeah, um, he definitely deserves mention because he's great in this movie. Woman, lend me five dollars. Is that his thing? Yeah, he, and he clues. Yeah, that's one of his lines. Yeah, it is. What was that for? He wanted five dollars. Oh, I don't remember that. Was that him talking to D? Yeah. Oh, oh well. I oh, and the, oh my gosh, in the driving on the highway. <laughs> oh, you're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> and right. then and and we've overlooked the fact that the Mighty Mighty Boss were the band that <sighs> were at the party. Oh wow, man! This movie's '90s all over it, huh? No, hey, I like the Mighty. I, third I, wave I do too. I'd Mike, and if they ever them. came close to me, I'd go see them. But didn't they kind of fade out after the '90s? Like, they, well, I mean, well, no, like Scott like, wasn't. Uh, Dickie Barrett isn't he? Uh, what call it? Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy Fallon, the other guy. Oh my gosh, sorry, dude. Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, thank you. Yeah, but, but I'm saying like the mighty mighty boss. Not the like, it's don't Del Pax to me here, man. I understand they can go do other music, but ska music was a '90s quick fad and it faded out very quickly. Don't yeah. destroy my love for third wave ska. I'm not even. I love it. I actually literally was just listening to Real Big Fish earlier. Like I love Real Big Fish. Right, uh, ska music is a it, when the summertime hits. I listen to Sublime. I listen to uh, Real Big Fish. Mighty Mighty Boston is at least one of their songs. Um, I listened to some some Pepper, which you guys may not even know. Uh, and um, I know Pepper. I can't believe you listen to go Pepper. For the Dirty obscure. Heads. I like I like reggae rock like type stuff th- during the summer. It makes me feel like I'm at the beach. Oh, <laughs> see, we need to see if we're gonna talk other ska bands. We need to dig up Mephiscopheles, Dance Hall Crashers, and uh, and if you haven't listened to Dirty Heads, they're like a hip hop ska modern band that huh. um, I like quite a bit. Uh, they did do a song with Rome from Sublime, the new the singer, which uh, uh, ironically I don't like his stuff with Sublime but I do like him on the Dirty Head song. But um, we digress. Let's get into um, Mike's number three. Uh, but Corey definitely good pick on Clueless because I, I, I eyeballed that one a couple times. Alright, so I'm going uh, well this was Doug Lyman's follow-up to Swingers, which I gave some serious thought to including on this top Me too, five list. actually. Because uh, it's so money, baby. Um, it starred Katie Holmes, Tim- Timothy Oliphant, Scott Wolf, Jay Moore, Jane Krakowski, and one of my can-do-no-wrong actresses, Sarah Polly. It's from 1999. Go. And it uh, starts... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I haven't seen this one still. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, baby, Yeah! Um, it starts off with a drug deal, which then proceeds to follow multiple characters along different seemingly unrelated paths throughout the rest of the, the course of the film. Uh, the tone and subject matter were really different than what we got from Swingers. Uh, I think it took multiple viewings for me to really, for it to truly set and gel in my head properly. 
It currently has a 92% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.3 IMDb rating, and a 72 Metascore. It is not high cinema or what I would call high cinema, but I, I liked, I mean, uh, he, he's, Doug Lyman's work going from Swingers, going to Go, going to Jason Bourne, uh, and, and, and on. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's such a wide variety did of work. Is Lyman, did he do Edge of Tomorrow? I think so, which, yeah, because I was be a little behind on it. Again, and again, so different. Yeah, yeah, he'd already done action, but now sci-fi sci action. action. Whoa. I mean, this guy, he, uh, I uh, he's one of my favorite directors for sure. Uh, it's got it's pretty entertaining. It, I feel it warrants a couple of watches because there c might be some of those details that kind of sneak <laughs> by you and you don't realize what uh, on the first go around what you're what you're seeing. Mm. But um, think of I wasn't a fan of it, but not not Cronenberg's Crash, which I really enjoyed. Oddly enough, I'm um, thinking of the other Crash. I think was it Sandra Bullock and all those where they. Yeah, I still haven't seen that, but I I uh, that one's it was an Oscar winner if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember that a lot of people were. It was a contested Oscar winner. People didn't think it deserved to win. I don't. I would. Yeah, I would. Disagree. What? That was weird. I uh, must have that effect on, on microphones. Mics. Yeah. Um. I guess that cable where your your hand is. Oh, um, hey, how you doing? But oh, oh, Corey, I take it you like Crash. No, I oh. haven't seen it. It was. Well, I, I was making the comparison with all the multiple storylines, yeah, and then how it connects. Um, there's another one that I feel is much better uh, at doing it uh, called Grand Canyon. Have mm. you seen that? Steve, I think I've uh, heard of that. I've not seen it. Steve Martin, Danny Glover. I feel like Go was on another list for you at some point too, because I remember talking about this movie, but I don't think we did talk about it. I don't. Like, it's not a heist. There's no. Yeah, pull that. Put that cable where your hand is. You're like, no, on on the mic. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Sorry, sorry. There you go. Um, there you go. But uh, I don't remember what it was for. We brought it up, and I forget why. Yeah, and I, I can't remember, but it was definitely, I remember, because I was interested in it then, and I've not made my way to see it. Oh, you haven't seen Oh, that's right. You just said it. Yeah, yeah. It. Ding, I, ding, ding. I'm sorry. I'm just reveling in the fact that I'm winning, winning. Yeah, Corey's... Corey still has zero for of your movies, though. <laughs> so <laughs> she's got two more to, to get them right. Um, Corey, yeah. uh, you haven't seen Go either, I take it? No. I Ye did see that it had Scott Wolf in it, though, and I yeah. like Party of Five. Did I mention him? I thought I mentioned him. You, I think you, you probably did. did. Okay, okay. She, toned, she zoned out. She Both was, of you should really go and watch see it. Go. And see no. Go. When you said Katie Holmes, too, because like my brain's like scanning 90s movies with Katie Holmes, and there was a couple of stinkers in there. The Gift. She was uh, in The Gift. I, I liked The Gift. Was that the one? Um, that was... Kate Blanchett? Yes. I don't know if I saw that one. I'm trying oh, to... so it was, good. There was, was like a teenage angst movie, and I can't remember. Uh, Disturbing think, Behavior. Hold on. That's the one I was thinking. Is Disturbing Behavior. Keanu Reeves in The Gift? He is. He plays, I think, Katie Holmes' husband. Is he yep. British? No. Oh, man. He's... Uh, Hoping there was going to be some inferno. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it takes place in the bayous of it Louisiana. Does. Oh, does he have a Cajun accent? Because that would be even better. Oh, God. I guarantee. He's got some good inflection. He may get some inebriation. Cajun man. Nice. Um, <laughs> one of the dumbest Adam Sandler sketches on SNL, but it was great every time. All right. Let's go to my number three. Um. I was a really big fan of Beavis and Butthead when I was a kid. And yeah, yeah. so when Mike Judge uh, had his first live action film come out, I had no choice but to, to see it as soon as possible, which I had to wait and rent it from a uh, local video store called Video Hut that's been gone for a long, <laughs> long time. Um, 
shameless plug at the business uh, for the, the dead business yeah <laughs> <laughs> poor lee um but uh i rented it from there and i watched it and i remember as a kid not like i didn't love it i didn't get most of it the first time i saw it i didn't hate it but i was just like it's not as funny as i thought it would be and then a few years went by and it was on regular tv and i was watching it just out of randomness and i was like this movie's this movie's great and then i bought it and i've watched it dozens and dozens of times since then it's a film that I constantly reference, and it's a film that has a stupid i well, a phone game right now that I'm still playing, and all it is is a. It's awesome. It's yeah, but it's super basic. Like it, it just collects. Uh, well, you insert the computer virus on various floors of the building, and you earn money, fake money, while you play. And it's I've been playing it for like a month now, um, and it's. Uh, it's a movie that stars um, Jennifer Aniston uh, is the first name that comes to mind because I always forget Ron Livingston's actual name. Um, David Herman, uh, um, Ajay Nadu, whose name I'm sure I butchered, Diedrich Bader, who I loved uh, in this movie, but he was also on um, the Drew Carey show, so I was a fan of him from there. Stephen Root, Gary Cole, who this is one of the most iconic roles for Gary Cole as he is Bill Lumberg, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna need you to come in on Saturday. Um, and John C. McGinley as Bob, uh, with his partner Paul Wilson, other Bob. <laughs> um, I love so much about this movie, but um, the premise is great. It's it's one that I think almost any working stiff can relate to. Um, Peter, who's Ron Livingston, uh, is tired of his job and he's stressed out all the time. And one of my favorite lines, he's at a hypnotist, and he tells him, "Every day you see me." is the worst day of my life. He's like, well, how about today? Yes, today was the worst day of my life. And I was like, wow, that's messed up. And it's just, it's such an honest response. And it's such a, like, oh my God, can you imagine that every day of your life, the next day is going to be the worst day of your life? And so he's hypnotized. He doesn't get out of the hypnotism because the, the guy has a heart attack in the process. And so he just stops caring about work and the new attitude and the relaxed. There's so many funny parts um, him not caring and his meeting with the Bobs is probably one of the funniest things. I mean, he's like, you know, let me tell you about TPS reports. And there's so many quotable lines in this movie. And one of the favorite, my favorite memories of being a teacher, I came in after I was out a day and I came in and my stapler was missing. So I got to send out a school wide email with the subject. I believe somebody took my stapler and <laughs> the three or four other teachers who knew exactly what I was talking about emailed me. I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, yeah, it's so cool that I actually got to use this line in context because you know, it, if you've seen the office space, that is a, a ongoing joke with Stephen Ruth's character, um, uh, Milton. And man, I, I, I love this movie still. It still holds up to me. Um, there's so many great jokes. I, f I feel like we just made a joke about being able to talk with through the walls. Um, Am I wrong? Did we not make that joke last week? <laughs> like, we? I don't know. Uh, somebody made that joke to me. If it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't you, like, you know, well, him, I, like, I, hey, I Peter, man, turn on channel eight. <laughs> I just want to know if you got your stapler back. I did actually. Yeah, okay, someone good. found it because um, I didn't watch it. Have well, to burn it, it, down. it was a swin line, and you know, um, those are important. But uh, what are you guys to, thoughts uh, on Office Space? Well, I just want to before I miss that part. According to the trivia, Swingline had stopped production on red staplers. Oh, so they had to specially create one Man. for oh. the movie, and then Swingline started getting requests. So many requests, they started offering the red stapler. <laughs> I would believe it. Yeah, so. they, it's like Reese's Pieces were revitalized because of ET. Like that was almost a dead candy, and then ET brought that candy back. That's true. Um, I, I need to rewatch this. I don't recall Orlando oh. Jones. 
Yeah, he's a magazine salesman. Yeah, and I, I, I was reading about Hello, that. Hello, sir. I used to be addicted to crack. <laughs> Would you please buy some magazines? Oh, man. What um, a sales I pitch. Also, uh, the first time I watched it, I think I was too young. I feel like to truly appreciate this movie, you need to have worked for yes. a little oh, yeah. while. Oh, yeah. And like been, uh, be, oh, what's that called? Uh, uh, you need to be around these different types of uh, personalities. Yeah, these archetypes that are, are hit on for sure. The crazy part is that they're Truly out there. Truly appreciate it. They're yeah. out there. And then those printer errors, because I am totally not a printer person. And I the copy area. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to bring up the uh, one of the other reasons why this movie works for this particular list of best of the 90s is that mm. it's all focused on Y2K, which was such <laughs> a uh, if you were growing <laughs> up in the 90s, I remember. It was so, everyone was so freaked out about the year 2000. Everyone thought the whole world was going to end. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, um, they wouldn't even let us watch the news. Our our buddy Tony, his wife's office, they work at a title office and I think they still do. And they were flipping out. They were literally building a room with all the supplies and mm. gas masks. Wow! And he will tell you they were going nuts. It was like the it was like the apes in two thousand and one when they were encounter the the monol the obelisk. Yeah, monolith obelisk. And just like slamming. Like, yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, because this movie like it captures so much in the nineties. Even the the restaurant, like the chain theme restaurants, like with the flare. Flare. And flare. Uh, the the man. There's so much about this movie that just really captures encapsulates what it was to live in the late 90s and that y2k fear of and even the innovations of technology because like at like you see the computer he's like playing tetris and goofing off at work and um it's just man I, there's so much greatness about this movie and there's so many quotable lines and even there's some great film moments when they smashed they recreate the boys in, boys in the hood sequence <laughs> but smash the fax machine um it's just fantastic like uh real real good just such a great film so Yep, that's why it's my number three. And with that, we'll move into Corey's number three. Okay. Um, I had to include a couple that I've talked about before on this move on this uh, list, just because. Yep. But my number three is 1994's Reality Bites. Oh, that's I, definitely 90s. I still love this movie, and I have watched it probably in the past few years, and it's still... Holds up. Everybody knows I love Winona, but I also love Ethan Hawke, and I love him as Troy Dyer so much. And one of my favorite movie scenes, probably ever, because it's also one of my favorite uh, books, is when he answers her phone and he's like, "Thank you for calling the winter of our discontent." Super cheesy, but um, <laughs> I love Janine Garofalo, um, Steve Zahn, Ben Stiller. I one of the bands that I still really like to this day and i just got to see a few years ago um soul asylum dave perner was um lead singer guitarist from soul asylum was dating winona Ryder at the time the movie was made so he has a small part in it too um so yeah i just love this and is this is there like a darkness to the comedy in this or no um i don't it's a comedy I, drama I mean, I haven't yeah. I haven't seen this. I actually, I bought uh, it not too long ago. I, well, I guess it's, I probably bought it like three years ago. It's sitting still un unopened somewhere on the top two shelves there. Um, I, I found it at like Big Lots, I think, for a couple bucks. And so mm -hmm. I snagged it. I knew you liked it, Corey. I think that was part of the reason why I bought it. But, um, you know, you know, I'm not a big Ben Stiller comedy. I'm not either. Mm -hmm. He's a minimal role and it works well with he, what he does. And he directed this. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's, that's, why, see, that's why he hasn't watched it. No, actually, I'm a fan of his the stuff he, I know he's directed, which is not much to my knowledge, but I love Walter Mitty. Um, yes, mm-hmm. I love that movie too. And uh, but I didn't realize he directed it, so that's and also um, a big part of this movie is that she meets Ben Stiller and he works for this um, this television channel company that is so much like mtv and he's trying to take this footage that she's taken of her friends and kind of make it into like a film that's kind of like real world Mm -hmm. oh okay yeah and they end up not liking it all well no i think (laughs) the the tv station loved it the way they edited it but she was like what is this she didn't like it yeah yeah and her friends didn't like it ethan hawk's character just despite well he, he, he's like Johnny in Naked. Oh, except a more accessible Johnny. <laughs> well, um, that's one that I plan on watching. It's and I, I did pinpoint it on my shelf over there. It's in between Death to Smoochie and Orange County. Two other I need movies. To watch that. I have not seen yet. So now we'll say it's nice to see um, Joyce Byers and her youth before she became what you would call it's dad mom oh not dad, dad. <laughs> well, I mean, she could be whatever she wants she to be. can be it's, it's um, 2017 um much more dad on stranger things i said dad again mom well you know what i meant uh you're you're referring okay <sighs> pardon me folks um jeez we must be boring him i'm so bored with reality <laughs> is bites. there a support uh, group that we could join to keep him from <sighs> yawning at us well you know reality it bites um mike <laughs> oh, lord <laughs> what do you have for number two on our on your top five nineties movies? All right. Um Tim Burton's works of late can be uneven. I won't say that that's the case with this nineteen ninety four homage to the master of Z grade film. Oh. Edward. Uh Johnny Depp pretty much is Edward in this role, just the way that Martin Landau is Bella Lugosi in this and everybody else involved totally jumps in wholeheartedly into it. Ed Wood has a 92% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 7.9 IMDb rating. A pretty decent 70 meta score. I definitely, I'm definitely part of that 92% fresh rating most likely because I, having grown up on whatever fair was thrown at me with regard to film, um, I, I remember so joyfully accidentally discovering the um, Elvira Mistress of the Dark Flicks because it would be like 11 o'clock at night and I would yeah. stay up till 1 in the morning watching these garbage movies and with her commentary and, and you know later on going into MST3K that reveled in the mediocrity of film offerings which and they did it well they're back to such great extent that I mean honestly to me they never went away yeah um, Riff Tracks yeah absolutely uh, Riff Tracks and Cinematic Titanic and yeah and even there's um Ooh, there's another one they did in between, very lesser known. But um, the effect Ed Wood had on the craft, regardless of his ineptitude, it's clear. It's clear in his work. I mean, there's a hokey quality to it that I feel fits it because of who they're addressing, and it's really spot on. I don't know that it's disrespectful. I don't feel that it is. It definitely would pair up really nicely with a viewing of uh, Ed Wood's Glenn or Glenda or Plan 9 from Outer Space. Mm. Um, Bill Murray. There we go. There's my Bill Murray pick for... Oh, I didn't... I don't think I realized he was in Ed Wood. Um, Ed Wood is sitting on that same shelf what Reality Bites is on, which is movies that I haven't watched but I own. So, 
Oh, <laughs> but you haven't watched it, you're no, saying. I, well, I of course it. you already. Uh, yeah, I already can't get for it. What is man? Um I uh I bought it oh I bought it last year and I don't know why is it feeding back or something because of your headphones? Um but um my bad. So yeah, I haven't seen it. I bought it last year and I had planned on watching it last year. I just didn't make it into the three sixty six or well three eighty four. Um but you should I, have had the foresights to make your numbers for this I recording. Know, I know. I will have to, but um, I I am definitely going to watch it. Uh, that and there's a, a Jim Jarmusch film with Johnny Depp. Um, I can't think of what it's called. My Own Private Idaho. No. Um, that's not Jim Jarmusch. Who else is in it? I, oh, uh, Dead Man. Yeah, that's it. Dead Man. Um, I want to watch those two films because I, I do like Depp, even though I... I his latest fairing of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales, is not so great. Um, as I, I say in my review, that it's like watching Jack Sparrow play Jack Sparrow. Like, <laughs> he's like Jack Sparrow squared. Um, he's Well, he's meta. Yeah, it's 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 very much um, reminded of Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder. It's a dude playing a dude pretending he's another dude. And that is dude. what I think I'm watching in Pirates, Dead Man Tell No Tales. So I kind of want to see some of his older stuff. Um, before he he played Jack Sparrow, because I think most of what I've seen of his is after Jack Sparrow, so um, I'd like to go back and check out those movies for those reasons. But then now that it's it's your number two, uh, I really want to check it out. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's funny because it's interesting going to your office picks pick and mm-hmm. the um, and and Corey's reality bites because those definitely epitomize the feel of the 90s yeah and i guess i wasn't going that route and no and i thought of it because both of those totally and and i mean you can see those early beginnings of the millennials with uh, especially <laughs> when laney laney's trying to figure out how to get money and she can't land a job and then she's using the gas card which i'm like ooh, i wish i'd had a gas card back in that and the, <laughs> uh, um well my mom wouldn't have done that but um and then going to office, you know, there wouldn't be a point of reference until we were in the workforce. Yep. And see, I wasn't going that route, which makes those really great picks for that. Um, no, I wish I thought of it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and again, it's how we approach these lists. It wasn't a stipulation that they needed to remind us of the 90s, but those two movies kind of did. And again, Sandlot doesn't epitomize the 90s, but it mm-hmm. does remind me of my 90s. Um, Corey, have you seen Ed Wood? I have. Okay. Um, There's one. Most. Oh. You need one more, Corey. If you. Have I know. I one. know. I haven't seen it in a while. I probably. Oh God. I probably watched it at least 15 years ago. Oh wow. Um, I was a huge fan of Johnny Depp, and, and I'm Burton. kind of over him for a while now. And but um, <laughs> I was well, making this, this my way back through to a time when you liked them. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was this was. Um, I I think it was more than fifteen years ago. We're not going to talk about how long ago, um, exactly. But um, I was trying to make my way through some of his other films too, and that's why I ended up watching this one. And also, this is um directed by John Waters, correct? Tim Burton. Uh, yeah, Mike said it was Tim Burton. Tim Burton. I'm sorry. That's why I said Tim sorry. Burton. That's okay. I said my own private Idaho, and I don't even know how I can mix mix up. Yeah, I was like, Keanu with Johnny. Like, and, and I was thinking maybe River, River right? Phoenix. Yeah, River Phoenix has the yeah, hair. Yeah, and it has Keanu in it. Yeah, dude. Okay. 
I don't think <laughs> I don't think Corey's been listening to us talk. Um, I have. <laughs> I'm sorry. I even remember you saying Tim Burton, but for some reason I was never mind. It's okay. Yeah, how, uh, Corey's had a busy drinking Saturday. Um, no, no, no. Corey doesn't. <laughs> Corey doesn't drink. She's a teetotaler unless she's drinking. Um, <laughs> unless oh, uh, unless she's recording with us. How to respond to this? Yeah, it's just we're attacking Corey. Um, we're switching from the steel book. To, <laughs> to drinking. Goodbye, <laughs> now we're just making up stuff. <laughs> Corey has an obsession with sock monkeys. That is also confusing. a curse on your um, houses. She sock says. monkeys. That's creepy. But do you guys remember Cephal and Ollie? Boom. Yep. Wow. Well, I'm gonna go. There you are. The '90s. To my number two, and there's a chance, Corey, you might have to stop me on this one. We haven't done that. We haven't had to do that in yeah. the last couple episodes. But I feel like this movie might have overlap because we're both huge fans of it, and it's from the '90s. So. Um, one of my major personality traits in the 90s, which, ironically enough, today, um, I received a package in the mail from my grandmother. And in that package contained uh, several class pictures of mine from the uh, my elementary school years, um, but then uh, several issues of my high school newspaper that I wrote for. And um, tw- in both, I had uh, the last issue of each year, they did a profile on the staff. And so I had, for my junior year and my senior year, I had both of those issues. And uh, in the first, in my junior year, I'm referred to as the music man. Um, and I wrote, I, had, I did some reviews, but I was a musician. I was obsessed with music. And one movie that really hit me in every way perfectly was Empire Records from 1995. Um, I... Did not include it on my list, but ah. everyone knows it's my favorite. Yeah, so I, I figured uh, there was a chance of overlap, and I almost didn't include it because I didn't want to overlap. But I, I this is the movie I did swap out, um, and I'll talk about what I swapped it out for in a little bit. But um, this movie has a 30 on Metacritic. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, well, and but the fan score is 6.7. But I think this movie just has to speak to the audience um, and for it to be great. And for me, it speaks to me. It, it 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 hits every little bit of note and in fact um i've mentioned on this episode or on the show before that i used to manage an fye um that was a dream that as dumb as it might sound like when i saw this movie i wanted to work at a record store and it would not be until 2010 that i would finally not only work at but run a music store and movie store but um it was in my head when i got the job i was like i'm empire records now i'm empire records i gotta save the empire damn the man um and Except we were working for the man. Yeah, we were totally the man. Um, well, and you get to plan those Rex Manning days. Yeah, Rex Manning. And I still, oh, all gross. the time, I make <laughs> Um Lucas. Uh, Lucas is played by Rory Cochran. Who's, um, he's in other things, but this is definitely the movie I know him for the most. I love <gasps> him in Dazed and Confused, yeah, too, though. Over Dazed and Confused? For this movie, I've seen way more than I've ever seen Dazed and Confused. Like, I've seen Dazed and Confused several times. I, I at least, my cousin Kimberly, again, this this movie I think was introduced to me by her, and it it spoke to me instantly. Um, and I I love so much about this movie. But between Anthony LaPaglia as Joe, um, obviously the Rex Manning jokes. You have Ethan Embry as Mark, who I love in this movie. This is by far my favorite Rene, Renee Zellweger performance. Um, oh no doubt. Liv Tyler is fantastic in this movie. Um, and then um. I love the music, the soundtrack of this film. It's so 90. Again, that thing you mentioned earlier, this movie is the 90s in so many ways. It's, um, it to me, and I, I hope no one's offended, but I'm reminded of The Breakfast Club when I watch this movie because there are so many archetypes all smashed in together. Like in Breakfast Club, you have all these different character types of high school kids. 
smashed together by detention. Here you have a bunch of different personality types smashed together by a record store. And granted, they're all a little edgy archetypes. They're all in that realm. But there's, you know, you have the girl who has the drug problem. You have the slut. You have the, the stoner guy. You have the musician. You have the artist. You have the ph philosopher. Like, you have these characters um, who Joe is kind of this father figure, like, for all of them, but sp specifically for Lucas. But it's... It's fantastic, and it just works for me. The setting of the record store. You have Warren. My name isn't Warren. You know, like, a million lines of this movie are in my head that I randomly will cycle, and nobody seems to ever get them except for you, Corey. And that's this is one of those movies I think we connect on in a lot of ways. And um, is it the plot over the top? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a little silly. The, like, Lucas finds out that his beloved Empire Records is going to be bought out by a chain, which I don't remember the name of the chain, but Record Town, I think. Record Town is mm -hmm. correct. That is, um, which okay. I think might have been a Tower Records like shot, oh, like, yeah. um, but uh, in an attempt to save the Empire and feeling very uh, lucky, he goes and uh, gambles the the store's money, and he doubles it, and I think he triples it or something, and then loses it all, um, which is bad because now they're they have no money, and Lucas is going to go to jail. Blah blah blah. So big big deal. And that's kind of your plot. That's how everything goes from that point on is what do they do the next day? And there's just so many, you know, over the top dramatic moments and there's funny moments. And then you have Rex Manning coming and it's just, it's just fantastic. And I still, I'm, I'm really looking forward to showing my daughter this movie um, because she's at that point with music where music is like, she actually asked me the other day, if I had to choose one music or movies, and Ooh. I couldn't have the other. What would you choose? Yikes. And she, uh, I, I picked movies, but I was also like, but I can't imagine movies without music, you know? And yeah. Like, um, but she went music. So like, that's where she is. At, she's at that age now where music is the most important thing to her, which was me at her age. Um, and that was basically me when I saw this movie. I was probably, I think I saw it. I definitely saw it on VHS first. And I'm pretty sure I was in ninth grade when I saw it for the first time. And so I was 14. I was playing guitar. I was in bands that never did anything, but I was in bands, you know. Um, we were a, we were a group of people who played music together, so thus a band. And it just, it spoke to me and it's been on my list of favorite movies for a long time. And when I thought of the 90s, there's no question this movie gets it. And again, I wanted to pull like different personality elements and this is my music side. I Again, I've neglected that thing you do so many times. It always gets mentioned, and it could have easily been in the mm -hmm. spot too. But Empire hits more because there is yeah. live music. There's a live performance. There's the record store element for me. And again, um, it's Liv. I didn't even say Liv Tyler's name, but Liv Tyler is uh, probably the main character in this movie. Lucas is really the main character to me, but I think Liv Tyler is supposed to be. Corey is an important character, and we care about what happens to her. So um, that's that's my pick for number two, Empire Records. Of this movie, um, and it, I love Johnny Whitworth from the uh, '90s so much, and Ethan Embry is so great in this too. But mm -hmm. um, I would still work in a record store. So if you would like my charming self to work in your record store, you can hire me. But um, and I still do love music very much, and even now, uh, record stores are such a limited. Most communities don't have them. Yep. Nope. And yeah, I just I love this movie, and I think that another reason why this movie still like tops that thing you do to me because we both love those movies yep. is that for some reason I find this one so much easier to rewatch. Yeah, that thing you do, I I just rewatched it I love recently, it. but um, 
I have to be in the mood for that movie. Uh, <laughs> Empire, I, I haven't watched in a while, but I can sit and watch any time if it were on. It doesn't get played nearly as often. Um, I forgot. I, I also do want to mention Robin Tur- uh, Tunney or Tooney. Tunney, yeah. And then um, also uh, Eddie, the character Eddie, who's played by James Kimmo Willis. Wills. Um, I want to mention him solely because this movie's from 1995, and he's already talking about the value of vinyl in 1995 <laughs> which is something that now in 2017 is even bigger but like this movie pre, pre like predicted vinyl's longevity you know what i mean like when you think of like in 95 almost nobody was wanting vinyl anymore everyone was cd it's cd 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 that's it and for this movie to have a character who is that already ahead of its like no the vinyl there's this this personality to it and then i don't know if that even influenced Corey, like your take on vinyl but it's interesting that in 95 there was a character in a movie who is saying what people are saying now about vinyl, you know? Mm-hmm. It all comes, it's cyclical. Uh, what was that, 20 years ago? Yeah, 22. 22, 22 years ago. So that's Ooh. about right. Yeah, so we should all be dressing like the characters in Empire Records, except I'm not going to dress like that one that doesn't have a whole lot. Well, I'm going to spell my name John with a G. <laughs> Please oh, do. <laughs> Ralph Garman is going to so freak out. To, hey, you. man. You know, Mark like, with the K. Think about like Jenny from Harry Potter. Her name's spelled with a G. She's British. I know. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to be John with a G. All right. Um, oh, that would be gone. No, not if Jenny, John, John. See, it works. All right. This is the first time I said John, that's with a J. John, that's with a G. You can't even tell. All right. Corey, what is your number two? My number two is from 1999. It was directed by Sean Mendez and written by Alan Ball, who created Six Feet Under and True Blood, which I am a fan of both. It's American Beauty. Ooh. I need to rewatch this movie. I've seen Another it once. 90s for sure. Yeah, Kevin Spacey, um, the girl from American Pie, whose name I never remember. Mira Servino. That's her. Mira Savari. Yeah, it's not Mira Savari. I can't even talk. That's like that's a different actress. Um, yeah. Corey's not talking anymore. It's okay, Corey. Well, well yeah. Um, Thora Birch. Thora um, Birch. This was, yeah. as far as I know. My introduction to Wes Bentley, who oh. I love a lot. <laughs> creepy, oh, quiet, shy creepy neighbor boys. boy. What? You like creepy boys. I do. I do. Um, I I haven't seen it in a while, but when we first got it, um, I wish I could have seen this one on the movie in a movie theater. Um, fortunately, I saw it at home many, many times. But um, my dad was a big fan of this movie is how I was introduced to it. Um, and I love Kevin Spacey, and I liked seeing him in this role a lot. Although he was a little creepy, macking on his teenage daughter's BFF. Mm-hmm. But, um, and why am I, was it Annette Benning? I feel like that's wrong. Yeah. He uh, played his wife? Okay. I think so. Um, yeah, I just, and the unexpected ending. It was unexpected to me when I watched it. It was kind of like, what? I thought they even mentioned it at the beginning. I... Yeah, but I, also I was when I first saw this I was young. She so. wasn't listening to it at the beginning. Uh, I was too. <laughs> but it wasn't what I expected. It's okay. It's okay. Everybody calm down. Calm down. No. Well, we can't talk about American Beauty without talking about the flying paper plastic bag, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I see one flying around, I'm like, "Ooh, I need to videotape that." Now, I I don't think I watch I I did I have watched this. But I don't think I was giving it 100% of my attention when I watched it. I was young. Not too young, but I think it was... I, I know we rented it, and we were my mom rented it, and we watched it together. 
and Awkward. yeah and that's that might be why i blocked parts of it out because i'm like this is uncomfortable but um oh, I, I i actually bought when we when we worked at fye together Corey. there was a sale on a box set it was oscar winners and it was like six or seven movies that have all won, you know like braveheart titanic god i think godfather's on it um american beauty and two uh, force gump and something else and it was like a it was a 60 dollars set originally i got it for like 13 bucks um, cause it went on sale cause we had like so many of them. So I was like, well, I'm going to buy this because these are, you know, big name movies that I can get for really cheap. So it's, I, I've had it for a while and I've actually wanted to rewatch it for quite a while. So it's something I need to go back to for sure. Movie but... club. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say that thank you for being a great boss there and letting us listen to what music we wanted to and not the FYE videos. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah we and my favorite thing one of my favorite uh cds with newfound glory um songs from the silver screen one and two um was introduced to me by our co-worker um and uh we because i let you guys play music because and that if that was a guarantee on a friday night if we played that we were going to sell out of them because people would be like well, who is this because it's like you know iconic songs done in pop punk and it's fantastic. If you've never listened to Songs from the Silver Screen by Newfound Glory, I highly recommend both of them. Um, they are available on Apple Music and Google Play Music. So check them out. Um, so you guys threw off FYE's numbers, and that's what led to their eventual demise. That's n- We weren't <laughs> selling the stuff on those DVDs anyways. I can promise you that. Yeah. Yeah. Those, the, I mean, they, they get bad, but. And some of them were just trailers for movies, but um, I love trailers for movies. Uh, do you? <laughs> I get tired of hearing and watching them because they're all the same. Um, all right, Mike, we are at number one time. What do you got for your number one '90s movie? All right. Well, I didn't get the chance to make notes. I'm gonna go start it off with a tagline for it, and if you spot it, then you get points. Um, what's the rumpus? Ooh, see, you're looking. You don't know. Uh, 91% fresh rating, 7.8 IMDb score, 66 meta score. Joel and Ethan Cohen's mm-hmm. Miller's Crossing uh, from yeah, I 1990. That. I thought this might be on your list because, and yeah. I have seen this one. So yes, I, I, I know was, you had very recently. Uh, yeah, n- uh, on the plane back from Boston, uh, almost a year ago, almost okay, a full okay. year ago. This is my go-to. Uh, if you don't already know, Tom Reagan, who is played by Gabriel Byrne, is the right-hand man for. Albert Finney's Mob Boss. It's an Irish mob movie. Uh, I don't know that they mention the city that it's set in during Prohibition, and th- there's definite uh, strains and stress between the Italian mob and Irish mob in this particular town. And John Polito, man, what a classic role. He is basically wanting the life. He wants a license to kill Bernie Birnbaum, played so well by John Turturro. And so that point becomes a point of contention because Leo, Albert, played by Albert Finney, the boss of the Irish mob, is involved with Verna, played by Marsha Gay Harding, who is Bernie's sister. So that adds a whole dimension to that. This is, and this was tough because the 90s included Goodfellas, and that is mm-hmm. such a classic mob movie that I feel that everybody knows, and if they don't, you should watch both of these. They're so different. They both they both address the mob in different time periods. And I don't know. I mean, there's so many films to pick from 
Joel and Ethan Cohen's there catalog are. in the nineties. Yeah, Just yeah, like, alone. I know, and I didn't put one on my top five. That's nuts. But I was like, I was eyeballing Barton Fink. Yep, um, which they did uh, when they were s- stuck with this. If I remember one or, one or the other, they had some yep. some writer's block, and which I think was integral to Barton Fink. Because I'm I have only seen bits and pieces. I know it. I should love it. It's set around a similar time period, but. This Miller's Crossing is the one that spoke to me, and uh, between the cinematography, though, ga- my wife's a Gabriel Byrne fan, so mm-hmm. she actually—I don't know that she's even watched this one. Oh wow! But just to get Albert Finney, and if you look really closely, and I had to, he is in drag in one of the scenes where he, Tom Reagan goes in uh-huh. uh, and is in the the powder room, and all the ladies are all shocked. He's one of those ladies. Oh, so you'll have to rewatch it just for that. Man. Um, the is it Ted Ramey that's in it? Remember the shootout with the cars and he's taunting the people in the building and yeah. then uh, just these little <laughs> the pennies. Uh, give the boy a penny, and you know, I don't got a penny, boss. Well, you owe him. That's another penny you owe him. Um, just the fight scene uh, where they're interrogating uh, Tom. There's so many scenes and it all flows so well together that they just captured. I mean. I, w- I was like, man, I, I I'm displaced. I should have been, I should have been in the mob in the tw- in the during prohibition. Well, not really, but I probably would have been dead. Um, this, yeah, this is my go-to yeah. film. I, I I don't own it. I need to. Uh, if it's on, I'm watching it. I think I own every Cohen film at this point. Um, I have, as w- if we recall from my favorite, our best directors or favorite directors from a few weeks back, um, the Coens made my top five. And so not having them on this list is crazy, but honestly, picking one movie from the 90s from them is kind of tough because Big Lebowski came out. I'm pretty sure Fargo is in the 90s as well. Um, and uh, you have Miller's Crossing. Um, I, I'm bl- blanking on like at least two other ones that are in the 90s. And I was like, man, I, I don't know which one I would put. Um, but most of the Coen's films, with the exception of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, I've only seen two, two or three times versus like, a lot of these movies on these lists on this list I've watched several times. In fact, Rushmore is the one I've seen the least on this list, and I've still seen that at least like four or five times already. And I just saw that like two years ago for the first time. So um, these movies are all mega repeats for me. Um, but Corey, have you seen uh, Miller's Crossing? I have not, but I really like Albert Finney, and I feel like I need to watch more of his work. So what? Where are you saying with the Coens? Are you a fan or casual fan? I don't. Uh, casual. I don't like because uh, they did Inside Louis Davis. Yes, and I loved that. Fantastic. I did not like Fargo. Really? Their accents drive me up the wall. Well, that's not a reason not to like a movie. Oh, I yeah. can't. I that's can't accent-ish. listen to them talk like that. It makes me want to throw up. I'm sorry. Now, just sorry. to clarify, you're not saying that they're bad accents. You don't like that accent, right? Yeah, I don't like that accent. But it, like, because I I've never been. They do a good job at them because okay. I have worked. I know people because they're from Minnesota, right? Is uh, that where? Yeah, no. yeah, and North. Yeah. Okay, for some reason I was okay. Anyways, I worked with someone. The their portrayal of the accents are perfect. I just don't like that accent. Not a good Sorry. reason not to like that movie because not Steve Buscemi's character in that movie too. <laughs> so crazy. It's hard to listen to it though. She's alienating like, our Minnesota listeners. Yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> we just lost the whole demographic. Um, all those Sorry, listeners guys. from Brainerd. 
and my assistant. But what I don't understand is all people from Minnesota don't talk that way. Well, you know, my my AP, who is we actually went to college together, and um, I would say we're friends because she was a we were both teachers together before she became my AP. But um, she does have the accent sometimes. It is not all the time, but there are certain words where you hear it with. um, And then whenever she says Minnesota, though, she really sells the accent, like she really goes in on it. So, um, yeah, but. Uh, but so are those the only two Cohen films you've seen? Like, I no, I've seen The Big Lebowski, which I really like. Um, I'm blanking out on some of their other films okay. right now, but like I mean, I'm, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah, I love Oh Brother okay. Where Art Thou. So what I've mo- pretty much everything that I've seen, I've really liked except for Fargo. Yeah, and uh, um, there's uh, I liked Hail Caesar a lot. That movie didn't get as, oh, and as I much liked love. that too. Oh, okay, you like, did see that one. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. I loved yep. it. Yeah, I loved it too. I don't know why people were hating on it, but um, I I I don't think I have one of theirs that I don't like. Um, I haven't watched Intolerable. Oh, yes, I do. I don't like Lady Killers. Um, but oh, see, I haven't. Seen that. that was a remake, and I don't think they should do remakes. But um, Intolerable Cruelty, I have not watched, which I think is and Hudsucker Proxy, um, which is okay. And then uh, the first one, Blood. Blood Simple? Blood Simple, yeah. I still haven't seen that. No, I don't. You own it? No, that's why I haven't seen it. You lied to us. I know, that's the one I haven't. I don't. And I don't own Hudsucker Proxy because I. You lied again. And I don't own Lady Killers, but I'm not going to buy that one. You need to sit and think about what you've done. I I will. I'll (laughs) sit right here and tell you about my number one movie. Um, (laughs) Now, here's the thing, and I'm going to go ahead and mention two other movies real quick. If you were to go to our website, burkreviews.com, and look up. Early, before we started doing podcasts, I was doing a, a random article of top five movies, um, which kind of spawned into this. And my, I did my top five. I think I did top five of my favorite movies. I might have did ten. I think I did do ten for my favorite movies because it's hard to narrow down to just five. But it was like all time. Um, on that list of ten movies, three of them are from the 90s. And two of them are listed usually as my one and two. And that's The Matrix and Fight Club. And I left both of those off of this list. But the Matrix changes to me. It it leaves the '90s. There's so much about it that is the '90s, but it's also it transcends the '90s because you you will see a lot of movies in the 2000s reference and try to recreate what the Matrix does. Um, Underworld being a really great example of them trying to steal from the Matrix, and then you see you know direct references to it and all the time. So when I think '90s, I do think Matrix because it's in the '90s, but. I think of it. I kept thinking about it afterwards. So it 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 transcends the nineties for me. And Fight Club, um, I do still I still love the movie. I can't deny it. It's still great. But when I went to to pick, I decided to go with um, one of my favorites and a movie that I saw more than any other film in the theater, and that is Jurassic Park from nineteen ninety four. I had a feeling you would include this. Um, I love Jurassic Park. Uh, it is my, I think it is my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. And yes, I know he did Schindler's List, and I do love Schindler's List. But let's be real: how many times can you watch Schindler's List and not feel not even a whole awful? Time. Like it is a really hard movie to get through because it is so emotional. It's so well made. I love Saving Private Ryan, but the same thing. Like I can watch it on occasion, but Jurassic Park is a feel-good movie. I love everything about it. It haunted me as a child. I was terrified of raptors. Um, Were you the kid at the at the dig? No, I, no, I wasn't. The, I should have been. Um, but if if uh, my Facebook followers will know, there is a, a recent photo of a man who killed a gigantic frog, a gigantic bullfrog oh, yep. that was almost the size of a person that two of my friends tagged me in. 
So I, I've never been big on like reptiles and lizards and, and amphibians to be accurate to the frog. Um, I've never been a fan of those those type of creatures. And then they, they made them, you know, dinosaurs, uh, obviously, which are familiar looking in terms of those things. I know they're more like birds, especially at the line in Jurassic Park. But they made them open doors. So the, the raptors <laughs> horrified me. I had like literal nightmares where they were like in today's time. And I was like, I'm glad I don't have those type of doorknobs. Um, <laughs> because they, seriously, if you ever start a dinosaur park, don't put lever doorknobs, you know, get round ones that they can't grip. But, um, <laughs> honestly, who, honestly, who uses <laughs> that type use of doorknob, man? Lever doorknobs aren't my sort of bag, baby. I, I love Jurassic Park. Um, it, I, I saw it, I think I saw it four or five times in the theater, which at the time I was a kid, mind you. So I, I had no money of my own. So this was me getting money somehow and going to the movies and, I still love it. It's still such a it it brings me back to being a child when I watch it. Um I I just love this movie. It's so great and there are people who have counter opinions to that, but most people I know love Jurassic Park. Um and so when I think of the 90s, this is definitely a film that I go back to over and over again. And this is in my top 10 of all of my favorite movies ever and um I you know I, I was very forgiving to Jurassic World because it captured my excitement again um something that the lost world didn't do i gotta be honest jurassic park 3 i don't think is that bad i think that movie got hated out just because of the lost world lost world's king kong installment element of it was just off the charts and letting goldblum have that big of a role was maybe not the best choice he's perfect in jurassic park i i loved ian uh, malcolm in that movie but in lost world it's it's too much goldblum um but yeah that's my number one jurassic park Hmm, Good I, pick. Thank you. Spared no expense. I did not. Uh, again, I mean, that is so tough to narrow it down because I know The Matrix and mentioning mm -hmm. Fight Club, which both of the, uh, definitely Fight Club, that is you. Yeah. But if you feel more affinity to, you know, to this one, uh, I, I remember do. just being awed yeah. by it. And I know the effects I don't feel have aged well. I I don't know. I still love watching them. Like, oh, it's it's amazing yeah. to watch. It's just and on the big screen, I, I was like the character's mouth mm -hmm. agape. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa. And it's different. I mean, now that we have the bigger flat screen TVs and whatnot, then you know it's still and it's just amazing to see how much it's improved. How many years ago was this? Twenty twenty two uh, twenty three. It's ninety four. Okay. So in two <sighs> decades. And you know, and and continually improving with the CGI stuff. And yeah. I know that some of it, like I think the Triceratops, must have been practical. It was, it was practical. Um, and so, which is cool, but there's no way they could have done practical for the flocks. You know, remember they're when yeah, they're hiding the out the Yeah, the flocks they didn't know. Um, um, but like the T Rex, uh, the kids when the glass goes, like the glass goes mm -hmm, through in the jeep. That's, that's that. Well, that was an accident. If I'm, if I remember, oh, they weren't. It wasn't supposed. It to wasn't supposed to go that far, and like yeah. the kids are like screaming in actual terror, actual, which yeah. Spielberg is notorious for, because that's in the opening sequence to Jaws. The girl is actually drowning and freaking out, and no one's. They didn't realize she well, was. She didn't. Yeah, it was close though. Like she almost died, and he left it in the movie. So he's he's like, hey, if I put you through hell, I'm gonna at least leave it in the film. So. <laughs> oh shoot. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's a movie that has so much, and I, I was so excited showing my daughter for the first time a few years back. Um. And then, uh, actually, when Jurassic World came out two years ago, I was at a workshop for my yearbook. I was with my yearbook, two of my yearbook staffers, 
and I was like, it was just us. And I'm like, um, you guys, I really want to go see Jurassic World tonight because it comes out on a Thursday night. And are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah, okay. I'm like, all right, great, let's go. And um, I don't remember exactly what happened in the movie, but at some point I was so into it and I was just like, I said, I'm like, damn. And I don't curse in front of my students, so I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they just started laughing, but it, I was, I get so into these movies again. I know they're not perfect, and you know, some people they like the the fast cars in you know Fast and the Furious, or they like the giant robots in in uh, the Transformers films. Jurassic Park, I'm not comparing to those, but now Jurassic World is totally those, right? Jurassic World kind of leaves logic out the window character in high heels running through the forest sure she's fine what? Um, no. running away from t-rex <laughs> yeah you're fine and but i don't care i love it i can't wait for jurassic world 2 i don't care if it's bad if it's like cheesy bad as long as i have a good time watching it i am sold and it's because of jurassic park though which is a great film and silly but um cory we got to hear from you what is your number one uh, movie from the 90s i couldn't leave this one off either so it's 1998's Can't Hardly Wait. I, oh, nice. It's her Ethan Embry. It is yeah, Ethan Embry. it's Ethan Embry. I was not a fan of Jennifer Love Hewitt in the 90s. I didn't really think she was a great actress. She's but not. I find her endearing in this movie. Um, I um, remember seeing this in the theaters. Thank you to my aunt who took me to downtown Disney to see it. Oh, wow. And then... Promptly, yeah, promptly took me over to Virgin Mega Store to buy the soundtrack. <laughs> mega Store. Mega Store. Ultra Giga Mega I told you I can't talk today. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, anyway, good. this is the first movie that I can remember being so aware of the soundtrack to. Oh, interesting. I think I was 13 when the, yeah, it came out in 98. I was 13 when this came out. Um, it just gave away my age. Damn you sure it. did. I was Darn like, it. wow, Corey's giving away yeah. ages. Um, Everybody do the I, math fast. <laughs> this is the first film that I can remember being so like aware of the soundtrack that I needed to own it. Um, and as I got older, and I love Kurt Vonnegut now, and that just makes him that just makes him even more like more of a favorite movie character of mine. Um, I. I just really love this movie. I don't know what else to say about it. And then um, Lauren Ambrose, um, Seth Green. <laughs> Why you gotta waste my flavor? <laughs> oh, gosh. He is so ridiculous. Oh, no, he's awesome. That's one of my favorite <laughs> Seth Green performances, though. Like I, I like <laughs> Seth Green a lot. I would say I'm a Seth Green fan. And I will watch something solely because he's in it. But man, Can't Hardly Wait is probably the reason why. Which is funny because earlier I mentioned you mentioned Malibu's Most Wanted, where uh, <laughs> that's Jamie Kennedy's. It's almost like he's playing Kenny from that movie. Like true, um, he's expounded, uh, extrapolated yeah, onto it. As a, what does this character actually try to be a rapper? But <laughs> um, I man, there's so many funny parts in Can't Hardly Wait. Um, it, I remember. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I watched it with my wife. Uh, my wife a few years back and. <laughs> I don't remember if it was her first time seeing it. It wasn't my first time seeing it. Like, I'd seen it several times. And um, she was so into the movie, though. And I was really excited because she doesn't love everything I love movie-wise. And that was one that we both agreed upon. Um, it is one of the few Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, whoop, wrong one. Jennifer Ooh. Love Hewitt. They, actually, I kind of feel the same way about both of them. <laughs> um, one-trick ponies and they're not even good at it. Yeah. Is... Uh, 
how I feel. Exactly. Well, she she works in this movie, but it, she's really yes. used minimally as yeah. far as like what she's given to do. She's like stand there and look pretty, look annoyed. There you go. Um, but I Ethan Embry's character is so sympathetic, and uh, Seth Green's character is so funny. Um, and Lauren Ambrose's uh, Denise Fleming, <laughs> I really enjoy her character in this movie. But I want to also talk about William Litcher. That's the character name, but Charlie Cosmo, um, yeah. who plays the nerd who wants to get back mm-hmm. at the uh, at Mike Dexter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, What's the band name? What is the band? Oh, and or something. Burger. Donald Faison is in yes, the band. Yes, he's in it again. Yeah, and so is Brecken Hall. Oh my gosh! Both from Cl- they're like Clueless. sister productions. Yeah, I never, I didn't put that together. I don't think. Yeah, that's what we're here for. That's interesting. What is the band name? Do you remember, Corey? Something Burger. I don't. Oh, that's I. I love the costume joke that they're like the guys rocking the cowboy hat and. <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh. Um, oh, what is the band name? Man, it's escaping me, and I could be searching it. I guess. Yep, and the klepto kid, you know, Chris Owen plays the klepto kid who's Shermanator. stealing stuff throughout the movie. Yeah, he is the Shermanator in American Pie. Love yeah. Burger. Um, Love Thank Burger. You. Oh my god! What, how is that not a real band name? Like that's a great name. They lost trademark now. <laughs> Love Burger. Um, maybe Like Burger should be it. Oh, yeah. like, no, thumbs burgers up. are the best. <laughs> thumbs Just up. Just a burger. thumbs up burger. Uh, <laughs> oh, like Burger. Um, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. It's it is a really solid film. Um, very 90s uh for sure mm-hmm. um, yeah but uh not surprised i actually uh, this you know looking through uh i went i always look for like when we do these i look through like lists of movies trying to like just pull out movies that i really love from the decade and i went i found a list on imdb that was like every movie from 1990 to 1999 um every movie like, and you could organize it however like alphabetical or by user score or by popularity or whatever and I think I went with the the user score, so I started with like the top ranking. And I went through seven hundred movies that way before I was like, all right, I've I've looked through enough. I'm pretty sure I've got w- what I want to have on my list. And this one did come up, and I considered it. And I I was thinking you would either have Empire Records or this one. Um, so you went this route instead. I do love this one slightly more than I love Empire Records. Mm. Again, I think it has more rewatchability to me. Oh, and okay. I just I love and I love the characters so much in Empire Records, but they're just something about them in this movie i just love them so much also more ethan embry there well he's yes. in, he's in both though quite a, a bit a lot more in this true one, he I is know. the lead in this one he is a side character we in left Empire. off of uh jenna elfman yes as the angel as the angel the, uh, the barry manilow <laughs> the That's, i love when he calls isn't it barry manilow mm-hmm. yeah he calls to ask about the song amanda is it really about your dog it's funny you just said that because my dog Dogs started barking nuts. like right when you said is it really about your dog. And I was like, did she hear that? And nope, no, she well, didn't. Well, Barry Manilow is a trigger word for dogs. Yes, yeah, they immediately Makes lose it. Um, all right, well, let's get to um, some honorable mentions real quick, and then we'll wrap up the episode. Uh, Mike, what do you got? I have... Oh, man. Why did my uh, list go away? That's okay. I have a list <laughs> that just... It, it, it doesn't help you that my office one note there it comes i put and this was tough leaving this one off right off the bat glengarry glenn ross still have not watched that i have ah, that i bought it recently it's it's right there yeah totally not family friendly just so you're aware oh good to know. uh train spotting tough to leave off yeah. days and confused mind. which we touched on seven i had uh, that's 
a movie that I really want to rewatch, but I still, even though I've only seen it once and it was a long time ago. Really? Only I, once? Yeah, but I know so much of it still. Like, that's, it stuck with me because it's been Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and my last one is another Sarah Polly and Ian Holm film, The Sweet Hereafter, which we mentioned before. Um, I, I've already given exposure to it, but I, I wanted to at least mention it again because, wow, it was just i didn't realize it was a novel so i have to dig both of them up i feel like um for mine i have i have a lot but i'm not going to read them all but um i feel like i may have done a disservice by not having mall rats in my top five um because i know uh, obviously i've for a long time kevin smith was listed as my favorite director um not because i thought he was the best just because his movies really worked for me um and mall rats for a lot of us they do and mall rats is i think even though it's not his most popular by any means it is the one that i was initiated into the world of Kevin Smith into, but it also spoke to me personally as hanging out at the mall was my thing. I was a mall rat. So I really took it to heart when they made a movie called mall rats. Um, but clerks would have been good too, either one. And I didn't include either. And I also didn't include the Tarantino movie, which I had a hard time deciding. Do I go mm-hmm. with the quintessential Quentin movie, um, uh, Pulp Fiction, or do I go with what I think is my favorite of Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir Dogs, and so I was torn between those two, and I, I ended up just deciding to leave them off my top five. I already mentioned Fight Club and The Matrix. Um, one that I think is severely underrated as a an epically great movie is The Truman Show. Um, mm. I love The so Truman good. Show, and I've taught it several times. I've taught it in different contexts too. I didn't just teach it for film. I taught it as a philosophical idea of um, the idea of what is reality, oh. what's real. And because I taught a class called Inquiry Skills where we dealt with existentialism and, and philosophy in general. And that was how I approached that movie was how do we know we're not in a show right now? And, um, you know, making kids think that it's fun because they do freak out a little bit, but it's also fun to make them question things. Um, I had Barton Fink on here. A movie that I've been wanting, I've, I've had on my uh, list twice and removed. Um, it's a Spike Lee film, uh, He Got Game, um, with uh, Denzel Washington and... Um, Ray Allen, who is a basketball player, an NBA player, um, played for the Heat, actually, not too long ago, and um, is a uh, a film that I really had a, a lot of love for, because, um, again, I loved basketball, and it was uh, the first, I think, dramatic basketball film that I'd seen, and it's not completely about basketball, it's really about a relationship between a father and a son, and um, it's it's great, though, uh, I really do like it, and it's one of the, I think it was one of the first Denzel Washington movies that I saw, as a kid, um, because it was in a subject that I love. I did see Virtuosity, though. You ever see that with Russell Crowe? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's oh, as a kid, I thought it was great because it was, you know, like video games in a movie. But, um, <laughs> And then uh, I also want to mention the Aladdin. Um, uh, there's a lot of Disney films that I could have picked, but Aladdin, um, because I just rewatched it recently, and uh, Robin Williams. Um, I, I love him I as can't. the genie. Hmm. Yeah. You can't rewatch it or you don't like it because of I, him. I I loved that movie oh, okay. and I'm sure my grandmother can tell you um I made them listen to that soundtrack oh. a million times. One um, million times. I love it so much, but I just I still can't watch Robin Williams films. I'm sorry. And last honorable mention uh Scream, um which we've we've had on the list before, that's why I left it off, but yeah. That movie um, has stayed with me all these years. I still love it, and uh, it still when, holds up. And when Wes Craven died, I legitimately uh. was sad. And so, um, yeah, it, and it does hold up, and it's it's a, a game changing movie. Um, man, I don't know. I I've not had that problem that we're having with the microphones tonight, Mike. It is driving me nuts. Um, I'm not sure what's wrong with the cable, but there you go. Oh, it happened again. Oh my god! All right, here. 
<laughs> I've taken the mic away from Mike. Oh. <laughs> no. no mic for Mike. Um, but uh, yeah, that's mine. So Corey, what are your honorable mentions? I had train spotting, and I wanted to mention Boys in the Hood. Um, oh, very nice. Keeping it real. I hadn't seen this since before I really knew what was going on, and yeah. then a few-ish, more than a few years ago, one of my favorite college professors, um, I took ethics with him, and he would, one week he would lecture, or the first, on Tuesday he would lecture, and then on Thursday we would watch a film to go with the lecture, and then we had to write a paper, and I watched some of the best, like, really cool movies that I don't think a lot of teachers or professors would pull into class because of him. And I'm really glad that I watched that, um, you know, in that kind of context. What else but, did he show you? Um, oh, my God. The films, Secret Life. Uh, the Secret Life of David Gale. Um, Ooh. I'm Ooh. trying to think. It was a while ago. But um, those are the two that stick out to me the most. But I just really enjoyed learning that way. Yep. Uh, one of my, I think I would mention in conversation, one of our cross-cultural professors uh, when I was an undergrad he did something similar and he some of the stuff he picked uh, one of them was Conrack I don't know if you all are familiar with John Voight uh, no. based on the true I life story of the author I think of Prince of Tides and I can't remember hmm. um, but just some of the stuff he picked was just so eye-opening and uh, new to me so that's really cool yeah, it's, I really want to show Do the Right Thing to my high school film class. Um, it just it makes me really nervous because mm -hmm. there's so much cursing in it. Um, and, and I have to skip the sex scene because there's the whole food sex scene in that movie, which, yeah, you don't know that one? Um, uh, oh, you haven't uh, seen Do the Right Spike, Thing. Spike Lee yeah, that's right. knowledge is limited, um, unfortunately. Which I, I love. This is a, a 90s movie that I didn't include, but uh, Don't Be Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, um, <laughs> which gosh. is the weigh-ins parody of, <sighs> of the... Well, basically, it's Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood, and Do the Right Thing. But I'd never seen Do the Right Thing until last year. So I didn't get... Because there is a food sex sequence in um, Don't Be a Menace. But it's, <laughs> it's you know, like... Uh, there's a thing where, like, he's melting government cheese on her instead of, oh, like... Lord. Instead of wax. And then uh, he, he goes to put a hot dog in her mouth. And she's like, no, that's the baby's food. And it, it's... Um, in... Uh, wow. So I watched Do the Right Thing. I'm like, oh... I had no idea this was where that came from. I didn't know they were parodying a, a direct sequence. I thought it was just the Wayans being the Wayans, you know. But, um, yeah. So that is our top 90s movies. Um, we'd love to hear from you. What are your favorite movies from the 90s? What did we leave off? Oh, Jesus, Mike. How is this happening? Okay, it's not you. Oh, okay, that fixed it. I don't know how much of that worked. But, Corey, did you hear anything I was saying? Uh, yeah. Okay. I heard everything you're saying. Oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> she wasn't listening. <laughs> you you said that you hate the mic, and it keeps making all this noise, but you think you fixed it now. Are you hearing the mic noise? Just barely, okay, but so it's it just might really sound loud different recorded, like listening recorded. Um, but so, sorry, audience, that that happened. I don't know why it's happening, but um, we will be back next week. But in the meantime, if you'd like to tweet at us, I am at Burke Reviews. Corey is... At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Michael, at Server Monkey. And I want to take a quick moment because we got a couple likes. One from Adam Corolla. 
be nice. Micro, and then local uh, from Angel. That's uh, Real Radio one hundred four point one. So thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, and dude. Um, you can follow us on Instagram as well. We're the same names. I think all of us have the same names on Instagram. Um, so we'd love to to hear from you. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on nineties movies. What our list was missing or what we should have included. We will be back next week with another topic. Until then, peace out, everybody. I'm playing on both your houses.